0: you gotta have a concept you have a great concept you guys are doing it man and it's a it's an honor for me to just be you know a small rock man in your mountain i'm gonna pop a top in your honor mr doc walker blessed us with his presence and now we want
1: to welcome in our next special guest, Haley Skarupa. She's a three-time world champion in women's ice hockey and most recently won Olympic gold with Team USA. The Caps Stadium Series is definitely my favorite, obviously. Um,
2: I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring you know our gold medals to, to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area and you could feel that there at that game
0: welcome to sports on the hill podcast hashtag dc sports without the politics with carol and robbie on true radio network That's right. It's Monday night, Sports in the Hill podcast, True Radio Network, coming at you a little bit later. We had a lot of stuff going on. It's been a crazy time with all these sports, all four sports, you know, starting to get the ground up. We got three going right now, football right around the corner. So we're glad you're tuning in. We've already started going on our Facebook Live and YouTube Live too, so make sure you check it out. We'll be sharing those on our Facebook page and other things. Uh, Robbie G, how are you doing tonight? Good, sir. Good, good. Uh,
1: crazy, crazy work day, but uh, I made a deal with my uh school that if they make me work 15 hours, that I would get Wednesday off for the Caps game. So, this is uh, <laughs> I put in double work day just uh, uh, just to be able to watch the Caps. That's how diehard I am. So,
0: that's good. Man. I just had a little glitch over here. If you're watching the feed, I didn't have my mic. Now the mic should be good to go. So
1: we heard you fine on our side, but maybe yeah. it wasn't on the OBS. Yeah, so.
0: no, yes, I hit the button when I by accident I was doing something else. You know how it is trying to produce, engineer, and run the board at the same time, Robbie. It gets kind of hectic over here. Yeah, for sure. For
1: sure. Uh, we've got a busy, busy uh, night uh, scheduled uh, for us. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start off with some hockey talk. Uh, we've got uh, Anna Knox, I uh, can sort of hear her in the background. Uh, we'll, we'll bring her in more formally in a second. And then uh, we got, uh, hopefully we're going to bring Brian Brennan on in a second, or in a little bit. Uh, he'll give a, a New York perspective on this matchup, uh, as well as we'll all break down a couple of these crazy series. And it was a really fun, uh, a bunch of, uh, it was a really fun round. I know they don't necessarily like, consider it part of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the NHL playoffs or something like that but uh, I enjoyed it. It was good hockey. So we'll talk a bit about that. And then to start the second hour, we'll uh, have our last probably wizards roundtable of the year. Uh, We may bring those uh, NBA experts back on to talk about the NBA playoffs, but the wizards have been formally eliminated. They have yet to win a bubble game. Um, And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that briefly. We'll also talk about a couple other things in the NBA as well. And then, uh, at about the 90-minute mark, we'll switch gears and talk about baseball uh, and sort of the up-and-down uh, week for the Nationals uh, or the World Series defending Nationals, as I have to say. Uh, too much
0: down, it was up and then down badly. So yeah, know those <laughs> games and plus they are in the game right now versus the Mets. They're up 5 nothing in the top of the fourth. Uh, one man on, uh, Cabrera just doubled, no outs. And I'm trying to see who that is at the plate now. I think that's Castro. Is that Castro? I think so. I'm still getting used to this new lineup with these new players, man. Uh, I'm still trying to figure them out now. I'm just getting into the swing of the season with them. Unfortunately, at four and seven right now, but we will definitely break that down in the MLB section of the show, which will probably be wrapping up. Um, I guess we can go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room real quick before we get into hockey, since we uh. Do have some football news, even though it's not the positive variety. Uh, Darius, Geis, if you haven't I already know, we broke it. You know, on our page, uh, got a lot of folks engaged on it. Darius, Geis on ale- allegations of domestic violence, I actually looked up some of the stuff today. Actually, it said it's alleges that he poked his girlfriend to the point of she was unconscious, and on several occasions he's uh, pushed her down or put her in situations where she injured herself and apparently they are pitchers but there's some question into how soon after the interaction where the pitchers taken and it's a lot of stuff into it. we're not really going to get into all of that. but uh, the the Washington football team excuse me had had several ties with the second round pick um, a lot of folks are i've seen a lot of mixed reactions some folks uh still find a way in the brain to blame Bruce Allen uh, for making the bad draft pick so they had to bring up his name um, I saw some folks upset because of the allegations. They don't know what's what. It could be, you know, false or whatever, which is a valid point. But when you get to the point where this stuff goes back, I think they said it was as far as back as March, and then they've done their investigation. And in August now, they're officially charging him. I mean, the writing's pretty much on the wall that he's officially charged, and that's already issues with the disciplinary committee on the NFL and with the allegations of sexual mistreatment that just came out recently with the red skin. Oh, geez, got me again with the right,
1: swear swear Jar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the Washington football team, uh Ron Barra felt like it was best just to go ahead and ties and move forward with the uh, other allegations that were made. They don't need any more bad press any more distractions. So he went ahead and made a tough decision to cut guys, which you know he had potential, but he was on the end list Three time injured, injured reserve list three times in two years. He played in five games for the team. You really don't know what he could have done. So it's unfortunate he gets cut. Second round pick with so much potential, but you know, unfortunately, he was in that situation. Uh, We spoke about it yesterday on the Bar Radio about you know domestic situations that folks stay in that maybe they should get out of, especially an athlete. You know, I wouldn't do it, and I'm broke. So if I'm a millionaire, I'm definitely not going to. Put myself in that situation where I could lose it all because of one incident, you know, at home or something like that. Robbie, what do you uh, take off of this Darius guy situation? What's your feeling about the situation? I think your- if he had if
1: he had stayed healthy and he was a big contributor, there's a bigger question. I think if you're trying to change the culture in the locker room and change a name and you know rebrand yourself, I think it's a pretty easy decision. He hasn't produced enough to keep him. It's not worth the risk in my mind. And if he flourishes somewhere else later and we end up being wrong, then so be it. But uh, it's it's not worth the risk in my mind.
0: Also, you know, running back is kind of, stable's kind of full right now. So he kind of, you know, had, with a number, numbers game also that somebody was going to be the odd man out. He had just posted a couple of weeks ago on, on IG that he was ready to, you know, make some noise didn't make noise in the right way. So, unfortunately, uh, along with his legal troubles now, he's going to be looking for a new job if he doesn't get convicted in jail time of the stuff that they're accusing him of. And that's a whole nother story we'll talk about whenever that breaks. But it's an unfortunate situation. And all you can do is wish him the best and hope he makes better judgment in relationships. And if he did, you know, put his hands on a young lady uh, in that aspect also because... You can't be doing that. That's just a no-go. If you broke all your ribs, you
1: just can't be doing it. just got to get away, man. got to get away. Dujanae is watching. Hey, Dujanae. Uh, I hope that you're well. Oh, and, um, yeah. We'll have to get him on on these uh, Zooms as we get a little closer to the regular season with the Redskins, uh, maybe in the upcoming weeks. So we'd love to have him back on for sure. Uh, but let's uh, I've just shared to like 50 capitals groups. So let's uh, <laughs> let's sw- switch gears here to to be like, what are we talking about football? Um, and and also Alexa seems to be wanting to get in on the conversation, too. Uh, but uh, we're going to bring in our own special hockey analyst that knows more than Alexa does. Um, <laughs> and uh, Anna Knox, we had a great show yesterday uh, talking about does. some of the same stuff. And uh, I really appreciate your you and Gil joining me. Uh, on Zoom and uh, people can go check that out on the page if they missed it. Uh, also uh, will be up on my website a little bit later. If you click the audio button, you can hear it, but I haven't put the video up quite yet. I've been had a busy day, but uh, yeah, it was great, great hour-long talk of uh, the current state of the Capitals and we'll try to continue that rolling uh, today. Yesterday, we, we uh, recapped all three games. Last week, we recapped the first game, so I think we'll start Uh, With the with the Flyers game, but before we do how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well Thank you. And really we truly appreciate your effort and time yesterday. Um, Obviously Gil and I are not zoom savvy Um, And I you know, we'll see if we decide to move forward with it (laughs) in the future I like when we have more people on because it makes it a little bit easier uh, but no, I thought yesterday's show was, uh, was really awesome, and it was especially great to talk after a post-win.
1: Yeah, no, I'm super happy about the win, but uh, before we get into the win, let's uh, talk about that Flyers game a little bit. If you could break down that game, and then I'll get uh, Carol's thoughts on it, too.
2: Yeah, no problem. So last week, you had the Caps versus Flyers, and uh, we knew this was going to be hot because the the Flyers are uh, a bit on fire this season, and I think they've got something to uh, to prove to fans, especially. Uh, so the Flyers scored the only goals in the first and second period. And then even though they did score first in the third at 837, uh, Travis Boyd scored at 849 with assists by Haglin and Gudis. Um, this was a game I walked away with uh, kind of pros and cons. Uh, unfortunately, the cons, terrible face-off. Uh, They just, the numbers were terrible, Um, something that we need to work on. And also I was a bit of a lack of chemistry. I felt like the team was really off. And I don't know, some wanna say it's because Carlson wasn't there, Eller. I don't know if that's the case, but they just really didn't seem to wanna give it the 100% that we were all hoping for. And definitely was not 60 minutes of hockey Um, but I will say that the one absolute positive was Travis Boyd. I mean, way to step up and score a goal and do exactly what the team needed. And so, so that was awesome to see. And and I think we, we spoke about that last night, but yeah, he was definitely the, uh, the A plus in my book
1: on, uh, during that game. For sure. Carol, what were some of your thoughts on, uh, the, the tough Philly Flyers?
0: I'm gonna to have to piggyback on what most of what Andy said. Uh, they looked out of sync. Uh, Philly looked like the better team, the Chris team. They were forcing the action. I was noticing that the Caps weren't getting a lot of uh, possession time in the offensive zone. They'd get one shot, and then it was over. You didn't see any forecheck. You didn't see any other plays that we've normally seen. You know, uh, just just they just seemed like you said out of sync. I don't know if it's totally with Carlson not being there, but I know that's definitely you know. Taking its toll on the offense, especially on the limited power plays this team has uh, been on, and they have been on a lot of penalty kills. That's one of the other things I think. But uh, they had five or six penalties that game, so uh, Philly just outplayed them, and it made the Caps look look really, really bad that game. It was it was hard to watch that game all the way through.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely uh, I think they're a real legitimate team out of yeah. the East. I think they. There's a reason why they got the number one seed through this. They were undefeated. They won all three games. And I don't think it's a fluke. I think that they are a complete team. And they picked up right where they left off. I mean, they were hot when you know the season was you know, paused. And uh, it's tough to then go a few months and then to be able to pick it right back up. I was very, very impressed by that team. And uh, I am hopeful that Montreal uh, who took out Pittsburgh, uh, can maybe do some of that trap system that works so well against Pittsburgh and just stifle Philly. Um, and I don't, I don't know how they're going to stop them, but, uh, that, that's obviously my hope. Um, you know, but, uh, we'll, we'll see how it all turns out, but I mean, Philly was great in all three games. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, they, Travis, they, they truly were. <laughs> yeah. Travis Boyd though was very impressive. Um, I do have to say um, he's a really great hockey player and he slotted in well for where Eller is. I am curious since it's a three o'clock Wednesday game. I don't know if Eller is going to be able to make it just under that wire. If my math was correct. I think he had to wait until 10 on Wednesday. Yeah. So, um, so that's unfortunate that we won't have him for game one, but uh, Boyd proved that he could you know, be in that position. And I mean, he was the bright spot in that game for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Carol, any final thoughts before we uh, switch on to the uh, that the better game, we'll
0: call it? <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, to piggyback what you said, Philly looks legitimate. Carolina looks legitimate. And when we break down these games going forward, yeah, we really want to have a, a very intriguing playoffs. We talked about it last week with all the teams being fresh and pretty much a level playing field. And now we don't know what to expect. It's not going to be a typical NHL high, uh, playoff.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting because, and we'll break down some of these other rounds uh, in, a, in a bit, uh, you know, other first round matchups. and call it first round because it's technically the first round, but okay. this was the play-in round if anyone wants to be technical. <laughs> um, and so the first real round, uh, they've got two uh, revenge games of, of sweeps that happened last year. So you got Carolina having an opportunity to, you know, they had done really well and then they hit Boston and got swept and uh so they have a chance to redeem themselves in that one uh and and meanwhile uh tampa bay has to see columbus again right and (laughs) tampa bay was thought to be a powerhouse team you know one of the top teams in the league last year and they ran into columbus in the first round and got swept and uh so uh it'll be interesting to see if there's gonna be as many sweeps this year and uh who's able to take care of business the caps uh, and we'll get into this a little bit more, the only team that are gonna play a division rival in the first round across the entire NHL. Which is oh, wow. really, really nuts. It's never happened before. <laughs> it hasn't happened since you know they've switched to this new format. Luckily we're switched back to the reseeding format. But even in that the chances of it were really odd. I mean, especially in the West. The fact that it's four Pacific team and four you know central teams and they're all one playing each other and no you know, it just it's just the luck of the draw, but it, yeah. it'll be interesting because they wouldn't have played each other a lot, and I like that because so often in hockey, um, you play the same teams in the playoffs every year, and uh, it'll be nice to have a couple of new matchups, uh, at least in the West Coast. Um, but let's get into uh, that uh, great Boston game.
2: Oh, absolutely! So yesterday, the Caps played Boston, and I was uh, I was ready for this one, even though it was blacked out on my TV, which was very frustrating. But uh, John Walton, thank God for him. Uh, first period um, at 1944. TJ Oshie scores with a wrister, unassisted. Uh, fantastic to see him. Uh, he's just been one that has been truly impressive uh, postseason, and I hope it, I hope it keeps going. Um, in the second period there were no goals. And in the third period at two forty nine, here we go. Number forty three, Tommy Wilson scores, assisted by check and Kempney. And then at ten uh, thirty, Boston scores their only goal. Uh, but the Caps get a W two one and they're headed to the playoffs with the Islanders on Wednesday.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that the winners got to play the Islanders. That was like the consolation (laughs) prize. And it was weird because those teams all ended up very close to each other the Islanders, Carolina, a couple of teams that were all very stacked in there. So they're all, I mean, they could have slotted them anyway with the last, you know, 20 games of the season or 15 games or whatever it was left, you know, so um, getting Carolina or, you know, getting the Islanders, it's not really an advantage one way or another. Um, I am happy that we don't have to play Carolina just because they beat us last year, although vengeance would have been nice too, but you don't want that to be held over them. Uh, Carol, what are some of your thoughts? uh, Just breaking down this Boston game first.
0: Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to see anything but the highlights, but talking to you after the game yesterday. Uh, you saying today they were playing solid defense. They were getting in and out of the zone. It wasn't a lot of multiple shot flurries, which was one of the things. <clears throat> excuse me, that I noticed uh, in the first couple of games that the uh, opponent would get a lot of pos- uh, possession time in in the Capitals' defensive zone and cause some problems. Hope he was you know doing his thing, but to be continuously putting them in that situation is not a good thing. Uh, the fact that you know you said that they pretty much held it down on that end. Um, they held Boston to one goal. They're missing their, you know, top player, uh, top score. So that's going to be interesting when we break down that series with them. But uh, it was good to, you know, hear that they played solid and saw some of the plays and uh, my man Tom Wilson getting the game winning goal is always a good thing. I'm still working on getting my jersey. I ain't got it yet. I'm still getting it. <laughs>
1: So I I did mention this last night on the show, but I'll mention it again. The Boston fans were relentless on Tom Wilson, you know, going into the game, hoping that they get him between the numbers. And if he got injured, none of them would be sad. Just really, really (laughs) trashy stuff. Right. And I love that he got the game winning goal with a skill play. He didn't do any illegal dirty hits. No one got in his face. No one hurt him. And he no ended up in
2: time. He, no was, he time. was, he was, was perfect. That
1: was exactly what we yep. want. Um, you know, Gil was talking about how we need to bottle up what Orlov did in that game. I think, <laughs> you know, we also need to bottle up what Tom Wilson did. I think yeah. if both of them can bring that every night, I think that we will win more games than we lose. And, uh, you know, cause it's just It really, uh, it opens up a lot of possibilities for us, right? On both the defensive end when Orloff is playing physical, but also on the offensive end when Tom Wilson is looked as this goon. And so they probably forget, oh, he's got wheels. I mean, he made a great hustle play. And, you know, top shelf Tommy, you know, that was a beautiful (laughs) goal. It's a skill goal. And uh, just really uh, some great stuff right there. And it's what we want to see from Tom Wilson. And that's that. That's that. There you go.
0: Um, yeah. I think Tom Wilson, just like we saw Kuzi step up in the uh, 2018 run, I think we're going to see Tom Wilson step up and help this team in some key situations in the upcoming postseason.
2: Uh, I 100% yeah. agree. I, I even said last night that I think that we're just seeing that uh, mature side of Tommy. That is just exactly what we need and in the, in the skill set but also not dropping the gloves with every, every person. I think um, Hathaway has kind of <laughs> stepped up into that role, and that's fine. I think he can, he can handle his own. Uh, but number 43 has been nothing but impressive, and, and hats off to him. I think, the, again, the only thing negative about that, that Boston game is that that face-off percentage is just not where the cap should be. Um, it was better than the flyers but not fantastic but i think that they're kind of getting into the groove we talked last night holtz was awesome he's in the right headspace this is exactly what we needed and favari we have to just acknowledge oh so good he looked fif-
1: amazing 15, 15 minutes?
2: minutes and yeah. i was like oh my god Yes, let's keep going with this kid It's awesome.
1: I would actually honestly, you know, if John Carlson is able to come back, Radko Gudis might be the odd man out from at least what I saw in that first game. And I was also talking about this yesterday that I think that it's important that people uh, know that different matchups might require different players. Right. So there might be a time where Radko Gudis is better. Yep. um and uh but honestly this guy was solid and i thought the whole defensive core they didn't do anything outstanding that would step up other than the orlov hit right but they were just <laughs> solid they were just not allowing multiple shots on hopey they were clearing it once he deflected away the simple one they would allow some shots on goal but not high danger ones and right. uh that's that's really what you got to do i mean you're not going to have zero shots against right but if you can try to limit the second chances and the you know clearing the crease and making sure people don't do that dirty work down low, you know I think that that's going to be really key. Carol, what's yeah. what are your thoughts?
0: And that's, that's the thing that's tricky. They were a lot of blocked shots, but they would just happen to ricochet back to the team, to the opposing team. So, I mean, it, it was a combination. They was they they always had double digit block shots. They were getting in the, in the shooting lanes, but like I said, they were just out of sync. They weren't. Like, normally when plays break out or, you know, you have a block shot, they already pretty much have a setup of how they want to clear the zone. It was like they were in a little bit of disarray trying to get their formation set up in those situations. And I didn't really see a lot of uh, offensive uh, zone possession time on, uh, on the Capitals end. And that's what we're going to have to see going to these playoffs, especially with the Highlanders knowing with uh, Barry Trotz and knowing the type of game he's going to try to play. And I can't wait for us to break down now because that's going to be yeah. a hell of a series to break down. So yeah, series of what?
1: I I definitely agree with you. I think the other thing is special teams. Obviously, our penalty kill is pretty good, but we we're playing against the Flyers and the Bruins, which are two really great penalty killers. Uh, so it was good practice for our power play, but we got to start showing up. I mean, the fact that we we're like one for twenty-one against Philly all season on <laughs> the power play—that's not going to get it done. And
0: no. uh. Right on player plus you know carlson's not there I'm, yeah that's that's the kind of the expat because he's like the core. but he
1: was for those a lot of the games during they, the season yeah so
0: really just a top uh just a top uh penalty killing team they they keep their wheels moving they you know they they are very aggressive and they take time and space away from you and you know the caps can play that game too but they have to get it warmed up where they you know just passing the puck around, everybody's finding a spot. But Philly doesn't allow you to do that because they stay aggressive and, and you know taking time and space away, so you can't get comfortable out there. So they're going to have to figure out some things with uh, with the coaching staff to add some wrinkles to it. We've seen different things over at the point, over at the top, you know maybe even you know, over down on the goal line. But they're going to have to do some things to switch it up to make it you know advantageous for them on the power on the power play
1: yeah for sure um so uh as we talked about the islanders are going to be our opponent so i thought we would complete our roundtable by bringing brian brennan in now to help us sort of analyze uh the islanders (laughs) and uh what's up everybody hey brian hey Mm -hmm.
0: hey how's it going hey man another another day baby another show yeah for
1: sure so we won't make you recap uh, the, uh, the last game in, in the series for the Rangers, but- um, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and we will all be on the bandwagon to hate Carolina forever. And, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, that's pretty easy for me. And uh, so, uh, but w- let's talk a little bit about this Islanders team who had, I think a pretty easy route to get here. Cause I don't think Florida is a very dangerous team. Uh, they probably should never have made the playoffs, right? Um, what are Brian? You've seen them a couple of times. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on this Islanders team? Well,
3: um, they're a good team for sure. Um, you're right. Florida really wasn't much of a competition for them. Uh, they pretty much rolled through that series. Uh, it was never really in question, even though Florida won a game. Uh, they, they crushed them in the last game too, five to one. The Islanders are a good team. Um, you guys know Barry Trotz very well, of course, um, and you know what type of team he coaches. And they're they're very reflective of their coach. They play hard. They play tough. They have some very – they don't have a ton of, like, household names in the league. Like, Matthew Barzal, I think, is probably their best player. He's not really a household name, but he is a very good player. They have some mm-hmm. other guys, too, like Pat Joe is really good. They acquired Andy Green from the Devils as well. You know, they're a good defensive team. Cal Clutterbuck, too. Um, it's yeah. going to be a good series. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, we, I, I feel the same <laughs> way about Clutterbuck. I, 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 I'm not a fan at all.
2: But, oh, I hate but, that guy. Yeah. But, um,
3: and the, their goalie is another familiar name to you, Caps fans as well, Varlamov. Um, so he actually played pretty well in the Florida series. So um, I'm interested to see how he does. I think this is going to be a really good matchup. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting first round matchups for sure. Um, it, it's really, I, I'm really excited to see how um, Barry Trotz does against his old team. I think that's going to be really great.
1: Um, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good series. Cool. Yeah, I um, I, I definitely, uh, it's going to be weird. So four and four is the record against Barry Trotz, right? Since he's been their coach, we've won all the games on the island, lost all the games in Washington. So I'm really curious now that we're going to a neutral site, what does that mean? Um, right. Yeah, you know, so it's a, it's a very strange thing. It's very evenly matched uh, for sure because it's the same system going against itself. Mm-hmm. And their assistant coaches were our old assistant coaches. And, you know, so, like, basically, they're running the same exact thing that we are. So it's going to be like, you know, playing a mirror match on uh, Sub-Zero. the Zero Spider-Man back the- meme. It's
3: the Spider-Man <laughs> <Yeah>. meme. You're <laughs> yeah. pointing at each other.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Is that or is, back in the day, I remember mirror match on Mortal Kombat when, like, Sub-Zero <laughs> would have to fight Sub-Zero again, right? So, <laughs> it reminds me of that a little bit. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting for sure. Carol, what are some of your thoughts on this matchup?
0: Yeah, that's what's going to make it so interesting because you know Trotz is like the master and Reardon is like the, you know, trying to become the master. So Trotz, I I give Trotz the upper hand in the coaching aspect of the series and that's going to play a long way into how this series is going to go. If Reardon can make some in-game adjustments to what Trotz is going to try to do to him, then I'll have confidence in Reardon going forward. But Trots knows this team, even though there's different people here now. He knows the core team. He knows, you know, what they're going to do. Like I said, they know they run the similar offense and defense. Just some tweaks here and there. So, it's definitely going to be a chess match between these two teams. And I think it's going to come down to who gets the last change. Because uh, the Islanders have solid defense. They don't have anybody that, you know, in my opinion, really stands out, stands out. I mean, you got Clutter Buck. But he's getting up there in ages. He can give you a big hit every now and again. But breakaways or anything like that, he's done. So I mean, it's just gonna be an interesting matchup. It's just that uh I'm not really sure that Reardon has it, man. I think Trotz might uh might make the Cavs regret it not giving him what he wanted in the contract. That's just uh this this series has me concerned. I'm gonna say I, I predicted the Caps would win it all, but this this series does have me concerned.
1: Yeah, real quickly and then I wanna get Anna's thoughts, but I I am very concerned as well. I will share that. I, I think Trotz is the better coach. And I think it's interesting because the Caps as an organization didn't think that. Uh, they wanted mm-hmm. Trotz out a while before. Now, mm-hmm. to be fair, Trotz hasn't really proven he can get out of the second round except for that one time. So he's not like he's this, you know, been to the Cubs many times kind of coach. You know, he's been a good coach. He was a great coach that year. I my yeah, I think he's a good coach. I don't think that but. He still has yet to prove that he can get out of the second round again, right? So there's still question marks about him as well. Uh, and I think that uh, I've yet to see uh, adjustments be made uh, by our coach. And I think that's going to be the key. Can he make in-game adjustments? And uh, what what ultimately um, will, will that be? You know, and I think that's part of it. But Anna, what are some of your thoughts?
2: Well, just to kind of piggyback what you said, I think that he kind of showed himself uh, on the, during the Boston game. I think he switched up those those top two lines um to, to kind of get that chemistry going. I think it was impressive. And I do think that this we have to give um Reardon an, uh, an opportunity to shine and I think that what better way than, you know kind of going up against trots, you know, it's if he, they have a respect for each other. No one's taking that away. But at this point, you you know, you're not friends. You're kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, not enemies, but, you know.
0: <laughs> about that. I heard some things about that locker room that uh, Trot and Reardon really didn't get along that well. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? I heard there was a little tension between those two, even in the of Cup uh, season, that, you know, Trotts and Reardon didn't really get along that well. That's why... Then when the news came out that they were starting to go with Reardon, it was a shock to me. And I thought they would go with Trotz, but I, that's the side that they chose. That's something that I heard. I can't remember where I heard it from. But, yeah, there they, they was a little, you know, not, I'm not going to say ill will, but there was yeah. a little – I mean, Trotz knew what he was there for. He was there to replace him. And, you know, you're teaching him all of your, your skills and all the stuff you've learned over the whole, you know, 19, 20 years of coaching. So I can understand a little apprehension, but, yeah, from what I heard, it was a little, you know, friction between those two. Interesting. But
1: the rumor that, at least I think it might be true, um, is that, you know, Trot obviously had an option that went into effect when he won the Cup. So he got a two-year extension. He wanted more money, mm-hmm. which I understand. Uh, he's also an older coach, and, again, he only had done it that one year. So the team was like, you can – take the extension that we agreed upon mutually before, you know, before, you know you're know, you the one who came up with those numbers, or we're going to go with your heir apparent who's right here. And I think that Trotz, if we had signed an extension, was going to get rid of Reardon. Because I don't think, you know, in hockey, coaches don't last that long. It's actually the shortest tenure in most, uh, of most, I think all the major sports. Yeah. Most uh, hockey coaches last an average, I believe, of two and a half years and uh it's, it's very very short and uh so why would trots want reardon there to you know take it from an, at any given moment whenever it downturns in the future right so right. i think he would have wanted him gone if he was getting an extension
0: quick, uh, quick spawn update the naps game uh the are point on the Nets. they're up 10 nothing now uh, I believe at the top of the seventh, they just got another double. You're ahead
3: of me. It's only nine nothing where I'm
0: watching. <laughs> right.
1: Well it's good. It's good. It's the, <laughs> the, the punching bag of New York. We all like yeah. them. You know, so
0: it's <laughs> something the double real quick. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they actually uh looking good tonight. I mean it is the Mets, but they did lose two, uh they lose one to the Mets last two, I believe, to the Mets uh, last week. And uh but they up ten nothing with one out top of the fifth. That is, I thought it was seven a little bit early in the game, and I think they just walked the bases loaded to try to get a force double play to try to end this inning. But you know that doesn't no it look like Robles got hit and he's going to first base now. The bases are loaded, one out, top of the fifth, and that's looking to add some more offense to their numbers because they offense has been kind of pitifully.
1: For sure, for sure. All right, well, right, let's get into some of these other series because I think uh, we've talked about the Islanders enough for my liking, um, and uh, so. I want to talk about that uh, Toronto-Columbus series just for a second. What a crazy series. It's the only one that went five. uh, And it's the only time in NHL history that a team has blown a three-goal lead followed by the next game to come back from a three-goal deficit and win it. So they lost the first one when they were up three goals, and then they won game four when they were down three goals. That's never happened in back to back games, no less back to back nights, which is what wow. it was kind of crazy. And uh, so that was kind of nuts. And then I thought it was going to be a really close and exciting game five. And it was the biggest dud. <laughs> I just, yes, you know, Col- <laughs> Columbus just sort of stifled them. And I mean, that's kind of their game plan. I mean, uh, you know this better than anyone, Brian. That's kind of his, uh, his style is to sort of yeah. that stifling defense. Grind it out, and good old Torts. Get, yeah, get that opportunistic <laughs> goal and yeah, you know, sit on it. That one goal was sat on for a long time until the second goal came, which that was a bad goal to give up because between his legs, and I think he had to have that one. And then they got an empty netter to make it three nothing. But ah, poor Steve Dangle. I, I watched that <laughs> today and I was just like, oh, what a poor guy. Like. That Toronto team just—they every year they look like they're gonna make it, and every year they fall <laughs> apart right they in do. the crucial time. Yeah,
0: is the the uh, Capitals of of the uh, early 2000s, uh, early 2000s uh, and 2000s, <laughs> yeah. they are all the time, yeah. but they just can't put it together. We remember we were in that cycle for a long. Oh yeah,
1: we got to a lot of Game Sevens and lose. <laughs> I remember, I remember it very very well. Um, but uh yeah, so it's disappointing. I was rooting for Toronto just because I wanted them to kind of. I guess it wouldn't even have broken the curse because they still have to get out of the first regular round, even if they had made it. But it just, um, that team is too good to fall like that. I just couldn't, you know, it's just kind of crazy. And you knew it wasn't going to be their night when John Tavares missed that open net. Uh, It uh, it was just a disappointing game to to have a really great series. I just thought, hey, all the other series only went 3-1. This is the really great series. And then it kind of filtered out, you know, at the end. Uh, but i want yeah. to get brian your quick thoughts
3: on it yeah um, it was a great series uh, until the last game um you know toronto really played well i thought um columbus as well um uh, it was it was a really good matchup um i i'm still a tortorella fan like i've said so uh, i wanted to see columbus win but um uh, it's kind of crazy that um toronto has gone this long without any postseason success i actually saw somewhere that if they don't win the Stanley Cup next year, that'll tie uh, the Rangers record for longest <laughs> Stanley Cup drought with 54 years. So, um, so I, I, you know, it's, it's awful. It's, really, it's hard to believe they, they've gone that long. You know, their original six team, they've, they've been in the league since the 20s. It's crazy but um, that they haven't had any postseason success and all the players they have as well. But, you know, shout out to Columbus, a great win for them um and I think you know Columbus you know has proven that they can be a successful team in the postseason based off of what they did last year against Tampa Bay and this as well so um, good for them I, it
1: was a good win for Columbus yeah And what are some of your thoughts on it
2: yeah the same um there was a side of me that was really kind of hoping last night Toronto was going to pull through and and uh we would be able to see you know as much as Torts drives me crazy. I appreciate his passion on the bench, but I don't know what happened. It's just, you know, it's like they, they look so great coming back the last, what, three and a half minutes, the prior game, and then all they just didn't quite have it. So you have to hand it to the other team and say, okay, you know, it was a great series, but maybe next year at Toronto. Yeah, unfortunately.
1: Carol, your quick thoughts on it? And then I've got some breaking news I want to talk about as well.
0: Yeah, it was a very interesting series. You were keeping me I had the game on where really, wasn't really paying close attention, but uh it's interesting that young team we always talk about youth and inexperience in Columbus with Tortorella and you know that constant defensive pressure that they have. It's gonna wear you down if you're not prepared for it. And unfortunately Toronto just can't get over that hump. What's the breaking news you got, Ron?
1: Yeah, well, it's actually about Brian Brennan's team. Yeah. And, uh, so
3: I was, I was hoping we'd get to this.
1: Yes, yes. I, it's probably the highlight of the week, right? So yeah, it's uh, So last night, uh, Anna and I were talking, and, and Gil, and we were saying if uh, Pittsburgh won the lottery, that we knew the fix was in. So we kept on saying it over <laughs> yeah. and over again. If it's you rigged. do this, it's rigged. You know, listen to us now, NHL. You can't do it, or you're proving us right. And so we want to put that into the air. So I and I even said <laughs> I said verbatim, and I can say this, I would even be okay if the Rangers get it yes. as All right. Long yes. As it's like... not Pittsburgh. You All know, right. I was like That's what okay. I like to hear. And so I spoke it into existence. <laughs> I, I was hoping that it was gonna be Edmonton or maybe Toronto, just because of you know how things have been going for those two. Uh, teams i can't believe both bubble host cities are out which is crazy yeah um clearly not a home ice advantage at all and uh um but i'm uh, congratulations you guys are probably getting a you know generational talent um mm. at the top of this draft and uh so um uh you know alexis uh La Finiere, I think it is. Yeah, La Finiere. Yeah, think La Finiere, okay. Yeah, I think. I don't know. It's French. No, sure. uh, I'll learn know. it. I'll learn it at some <laughs> you'll point. You'll learn it well. You'll, you'll I'll, tell I'll me. I'll learn it at some point, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but congratulations. I just want to put that Thank out there. You. I did say last night that we would announce who it was and I'm just yes. so thankful it's not Pittsburgh. So now Me Pittsburgh too. got Pittsburgh got bumped out of that first round and they got nothing for it. So that's very yeah. good. So cuz I was like everyone was convinced on cap's forums that they were going to get this draft pick and yeah. we were all going to be salty that they got out early. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Always had a conspiracy theory ready. <laughs> <laughs> Say, already ready With
1: that team, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, if you put it out so much that it's you know out there, it wouldn't have been you know you know it wouldn't have been right. So maybe yeah. maybe we pushed it back the right way. <laughs> so that's good. I'll, I'll I, take I'll take some credit for giving you the Rangers. You know,
3: I just want to say like I wouldn't change a thing. Honestly, like I know the Rangers got swept by Carolina and it sucks, but if it meant we were going to get the number one pick, I'm all for it. Like this is like, I'm really happy. The Rangers have gotten the number one pick. Uh, this is only the second time in franchise history they've ever had. The effort last time was in 1965. So this is a big deal. He's people. Yeah. People are saying this is a generational type talent. So, um, I'm, what's not to love i'm very
1: excited very excited about this yeah one. i'm sad that it'll be in the division but i'm happy for you uh thank you, know, you. So i like, appreciate that um but it, it, it's just really interesting to see uh i i i hope that it was rigged in your favor because you guys were the only <laughs> ones swept you know so i feel like if anyone <laughs> yeah. deserves it just to do yeah like, but, you uh, know that you were the the last of those teams, so like, Dude, you I, know, I can't, argue, just can't argue with that. You <laughs> can't That's argue so. with any of that.
0: I not argue that. You got the number one pick going in next year. This is the most docile I've seen you in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that that number one zone right there. Yeah,
1: yeah. There you go. exactly. But um, <laughs> all right, so that we've talked about most of the series. Um, we've talked about how things shaped out. Uh, I mean, I thought that Tampa Bay was very good in that round Robin, but they just weren't as good as uh, Pittsburgh. I thought Boston looked really terrible. They uh, fell from number one to number four. I thought it was interesting uh, that some of the lower-seeded teams in Vegas and in um, uh, Philly kind of, you know, were definitely the big winners of this to move up to first. Although, it's hard to know if, you know, seeding means anything at this point, uh, just because of how it's set up, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the Caps are playing the only division rival of the whole entire bunch. That's crazy. There's eight matchups, and only one game is against a division rival. So that means we know our opponent better than anybody else does. Um, but uh, I think mm-hmm. we've gone through all. of, I'm trying to think of if, is there any other Eastern Conference matchup that we need to go through? Hold on, I'm just pulling it up real
0: quickly. Um, here we got the. Uh, think about the Boston Carolina series. That's that's going to be interesting to me. With uh, they're not having Boston not having their top player, and Carolina playing like they're playing, they, this might be a week for Carolina. The way Boston looked and the way Carolinas looked, this might be real trouble for Boston.
1: I who's am out. Cur- who's out for Boston? No, he's
0: back. We talked about this last week. I, yeah, that was back, but
2: I, oh yeah,
0: yeah, I and it's going to take them a little while. And if Carolina get on I think, I don't see him coming out there.
1: Yeah, it'd be really curious if a sweep is helpful for them or not. Like they've had a long time off between their games, and so um, I I don't know if that's good or bad uh, in this sort of scenario. So it could it could bite them. Um, you know, I thought Boston played a pretty t- a much tougher you know and much closer game. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if that has an effect as well. Um, uh, So, yeah, I think that that's all of the matchups. Can we talk about the Islanders, Florida, Toronto, Columbus, Carolina, Rangers, uh, Pittsburgh, Montreal? I mean, we didn't really talk about it other than the fact that I'm happy about Montreal, but I was really (laughs) surprised um, that Sidney Crosby lost on his birthday. I was like, there's no way he loses on his birthday. They'll definitely extend this Oh, that's
2: called karma. (laughs) (laughs) And it's called – awesomeness. Yeah, Yeah. I'll take a august 7th as a fantastic day
1: <laughs> yeah so i mean i guess a lot of people realize this i never realized why he was 87 so he's born on 8787 which makes sense you know that that's why he's that number but now i will always remember it as uh the day that Sidney crosby couldn't even make the first round of the playoffs so um i, I appreciate that um greatly carol do you have any thoughts on uh the demise of our rivals
0: uh, it's interesting because I actually saw an article there and he said that uh, say that their window, you know, might be closing, and uh, we've seen this team through I don't know what the last 20, 25, almost 30 years, constantly making the playoffs, constantly, you know, doing good things and having top players and being a top team in the league. And as you say, for them not to make it to the first round of the playoffs it is something. You know, might be you know closing of the door with some of the decisions that they've made to keep Malkin happy and not keep certain players around. Might come back to finally bite him in the butt. Maybe the uh, Capitals can maybe catch up in, in the in the Cup race and maybe add a couple oh. more to their trophy thing
1: Yeah, I really think of it almost like March Madness. It's just crazy that two 12 seeds took out two five seeds. Uh, I mean, it's just something I would have never expected. I'm curious how many people got the bracket are at 100 percent you know uh so far because it would definitely be a tough thing to try to call um on the west i'll just go through the matchups really quickly um uh, just so how the series rounded out uh vancouver uh the five beat the 10 seed minnesota wild 3-1 uh, there were some interesting matchups there calgary beat winnipeg i'm sorry anna uh, they, they, they beat them 3-1 in their series i thought that it was close for a time, but uh, Calgary did seem like the better team. There. Well, you had
2: your you had their two top players out, you know. So you had uh, Line A was out, and then um, to Chuck, who's a such a d bag player, <laughs> um, <laughs> take out Sheffield in the in the first. Um, it was a dirty hit, in my opinion, and so unfortunately, the Jets weren't playing with hundred percent. So it is what it is.
1: Yeah, especially in a short series, injuries. Right, and that's not a Marshall. Donald
2: Trump quote. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and then Arizona beat Nashville. That was kind of a surprising one. That was uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, I think that was really cool. And then the real sh- surprising was Chicago beating Edmonton. I mean, mm-hmm. that's way crazier to me than anything you know that I've seen so far. It's just I can't believe. I mean, and sh- yeah. What did your Carol? What are some of your thoughts on that one?
0: It was, uh, I believe that was a back-and-forth game. Uh, it was four where Edmonton was up two and cruising. And next thing you know, Chicago put a, put up a three back-to-back in like a five-minute span.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, it was just exploiting some of the defensive uh, deficiencies in Edmonton's game. They're greatly out there. They're like another, you know, capital uh, squad trying to find their way. Great offensively, great talent, great on the power play. But when it comes to crunch time and when it comes to <laughs> down the defense... They just don't have it. And that's what you know drops came here and instilled that into this team. And until they get they can instill that defensive value and they actually buy into it, then you're not going to have success. And we saw what happens when you buy into it. How we saw the Capitals on their run, how their defense was stifling. I like we talked about getting one shot and clearing the zone, blocking shots, everybody sacrificing, and they just don't have it there in Edmonton, yet. have a great offensive field excuse me, just got to get that defense locked down. Chicago being a veteran team that they are trying to, you know, get back to the, the mountaintop today, you know, when the last team to win two out of three, I believe, And um, you know, they're just a quality squad that just stays good in Pittsburgh. You know, the players get old, they bring in new talent, but they continue to stay on top of the league and always in talks for being the Stanley Cup champion. So it was a very entertaining uh, matchup between those two teams. If anybody else got a chance to check it
1: out. Uh-huh. Yeah, Um, I just wanted to quickly just talk about the upcoming matchups just to sort of set the stage so that Chicago team will play Vegas who looked really really good um, Mm. unfortunately (laughs) Uh, and then why don't don't you
3: like Vegas you beat them (laughs) Uh,
2: exactly like I I I,
1: <laughs> she, she, she really hates ryan reeves that's what I okay, okay, really. okay there we go. yeah <laughs> like hey
2: dirty hit with tommy and yeah. there's just it's something about and, you know. that they're just the Vegas team i feel like um are do they have a talent of course they do and they have a skill yes but their cocky is mm. and it just I just don't like how they play. I I feel like, and especially Ryan Reeves has some ridiculous statistic for like, of like 316 hits in the last season when, okay, we saw playing in March and like he's (laughs) gloating, like he has this number one thing. And do we have that with Tom Wilson from a couple of years ago? Yes. But then Tom matured from that and is in to play the game as a hockey player and I feel like Reeves is just out there he's just dirty and I just want to throw a throat punch <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to Vegas I like I really you know you I wish I could say like um Pac Rally and and um you know other uh God, flurry and Nate Schmidt. Oh yeah, I, really, I forgot about Flurry. <laughs> I wish I could say that there's like all this talent <laughs> that I respect, but I feel kind of feel like they're just a team that I I just I don't have the respect for because of how they play. I don't I don't feel like they're in it for all the right reasons. The reason yeah.
0: uh, why they, they man. Flurry is Flurry is a, is a I, I never liked him when he was with Pittsburgh because he'd always beat the Capitals, but yeah, Flurry is that dude, man. He made I was watching the NHL channel today. He had one of the top plays in uh in the qualifying round, where he was you know in the middle of the crease trying to find the puck. The puck comes in on the uh, on the right wing shot high. He dives at the last second to you know to keep the game a one goal game. He he's a game changer when he's locked in. Oh. You, you you just like he's going to against to brick wall. So that's how I feel like they have some of that cockiness and arrogance because they know they got that brick wall behind
2: them. Oh yeah, yeah, and and he's one that I can't take away his skill and talent a hundred percent. But when mm. I have to see like a Marsasal, you know, showing up in a Lamborghini on the red carpet before a game, I just, it's just, it's all that kind of stuff that drives me crazy. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, the fact that they're going up against the Blackhawks, um, I kinda, I like the talent of the um, Kane, Taze, Neilander, you um, Crawford I I, I really would they seem more classic to me they seem more like true hockey players that are in it for all the right reasons and I still haven't seen Vegas as a team that is truly hockey and not just in it for um you know the showboating kind of stuff mm-hmm. I that makes sense
0: Chicago's <laughs> gonna give him some go. Chicago is a quality team that's, uh, you know, got a good system and know what they're doing. Brian, so what do you think about this Vegas-Chicago
3: uh, matchup? I
0: mean, I don't know too much
3: about the West, but um, uh, Vegas obviously really impressed in these games. I mean, and Chicago, I'm, I was surprised, but, you know, their veteran leadership with Taze and Kane uh, obviously led them to this win. So I think this will be an interesting matchup, but I think I'll still probably end up going with Vegas
2: in six. Uh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. after I was just, pulling for the rain. Just after. Uh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sorry,
1: sorry. I get it. No
2: worries.
1: So I'm just going to quickly read over the other matchups real fast. Yeah. It's Dallas and Calgary, the 3-6 matchup. Colorado, Arizona, the 2-7 matchup. And St. Louis, Vancouver, uh, the 4-5 matchup. Again, no one's playing a division rival, so I think that's interesting, except for Colorado is playing Arizona and I mentioned yeah. that because they may become soon rivals and here's why yes. I think that because if people don't know this Arizona is going to switch uh divisions uh when the new Seattle uh Kraken come to play and um uh the Kraken will go into the the Pacific and then um Arizona yeah. will uh, become in the uh they'll move more central since that's where they are and uh so that'll be interesting to see if this Colorado-Arizona uh, matchup becomes uh, good. I'm, I'm pulling for Colorado uh, just because uh, I like some of our old goalies and players on that team. Yeah. And
0: you uh, you that damn Andre Barakowski fan. I know. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got to get him in there anyway. I didn't even have to mention his name. But he came up. Right? But just, hold
2: on. But Carol, <laughs> would you rather pull for um, Berkey and Bauer or Phil Castle?
3: Oh!
0: <laughs> Did you well, guys stuff one? It's <laughs> the say- worst. Didn't even say that K word. So I got it. Andre and Grubin.
1: There you go. And then I, <laughs> do you see the meme where he was like, hey, you know, Sid and Gino, now that you're out of the bubble, can you get me some hot dogs? You know, oh, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, that was, that was a great meme. He's so. never going to let that
2: down. But you know what? With the, with the avalanche, you cannot go wrong with Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, he, that is a, that is a talent on ice right there. And it's, I, I enjoy, I don't know, there's something about the, the Colorado team that I, I like. I like, um, is it Kadri, Kadri, mm-hmm.
4: That's what um,
2: and, you know, Grubauer, was, there's something about that team that I think there's a ton of talent, there's a ton of potential. Yeah, with the Coyotes, yeah, um, castle.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> It's one of those things, that I was going back, I was thinking things we didn't talk about at the time, but I was so surprised that Columbus, who lost so many great players, was able to get back to where they were. I thought yeah. they're, they're a young core team that I just was sort of surprised by. Just going back to that for a second, I just think that that matchup with Tampa Bay is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay obviously has a lot of injuries right now. They're dealing with a lot of stuff, but... Uh, is Tam- be-
2: is Stamcos playing?
1: Uh, he's uh, he's still injured and stuff like okay. that. Um. So we got Tim here. Uh. Um, I guess we're gonna switch gears. Um, yeah. Oh
2: my gosh. And it's time. <laughs> it's time.
1: Um. Any anyway, well, any final thoughts, Anna, before we let you go?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm just looking forward to it. I think that these are fantastic matchups across the board, and um, I think my family is probably gonna disown me in the next week or so because of. The fact that I'm like, don't talk to me, like hockey's on, go, you know, microwave your dinner and we'll be good. (laughs) Uh, But no, I think it'll be awesome. And I look forward to
1: uh, Wednesday
2: at three.
1: Three o'clock. Yeah. So real quickly, just uh, I'll put the schedule out there. Uh, I did a little Facebook live last night about it. Also, make sure that you check out that Orlov hit if you haven't. It's got over (laughs) 3,000 views. People so in awesome. Cap's world seem to really like it. Um, <laughs> also check out the podcast we did with Anna last night uh, on our show page. It's also on my YouTube channel. If you go to sportsothb.com or you can click the audio and they'll be releasing the audio, I believe, tomorrow on the Power Play Point podcast button. So check out that yeah. as well. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, you know, coming on that show and uh, mixing it up yeah. with you guys. And uh, and I look forward to uh, breaking down oh the, the game. So it's uh, Wednesday um you have to have two day games and two night games because remember every day there's two games at each arena so we get the day game at the three o'clock game on wednesday uh we get the night game on friday that's an eight o'clock game Mm -hmm. i believe the following one is sunday because we're going every other so sunday that one will be a noon game Mm -hmm. uh and then it uh goes back to eight o'clock on tuesday uh, so okay. we won't have a uh, hockey game to compete with our podcast next week. So we'll be able to recap those first three games uh, and uh, preview the next week for the Capitals and also maybe we'll give people an update on uh, how the schedule is going for the other squads as well. But uh, Anna, thank you awesome. for joining us.
2: Thank you guys. Have a great uh, rest of your show. Hopefully not too much controversy with the uh, Washington football team. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Take care,
0: guys. <laughs> right, and have a good night.
1: Sounds good. All right. Uh, Carol, any thoughts before we switch gears and I bring in the uh, the Wizards roundtable?
0: Uh, just talking about the reasons we just talked about hockey and transitioning into basketball. I saw that both leagues with the precautions they've taken, I think they said over 7,700 tests and no positive uh, tests for COVID with both leagues uh, since they've been in the bubble. So, Got to take your hat off to the uh, NBA and the NHL for know, being real about player safety and taking care of these players is out here basically risking their life to play a game to keep us entertained.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, that was a fun uh, little uh, hockey segment and we're going to move on here. We're going to bring in uh, the the team, the squad, the round table. This will probably be our last Wizards round table of the year. Uh, We're going to start off by bringing in uh, Tim Clark, who's been uh, a part of the team uh, for all five seasons. Uh, how are you doing today, Tim?
5: Pretty good. Uh, better than Scott Brooks right now. Not not losing as much in life as, as he is. That's
1: that's very true. That's very true. Um, and uh, DC's people champ, how are you doing? I like that you're wearing Capitals gear today.
4: Listen, I had to wear something of a team from DC that's actually winning And I think I got more wins when it comes to my podcast than the Wizards got in the bubble. Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Arun, our stats guy, um, how are you doing tonight?
6: Uh, Not bad. Enjoying the Nets. Finally, offense showing up to play with 12 runs so far. It's only the sixth inning, but overall, I'm doing well.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Um, so let me uh, share the screen real quick. And uh, we also have Brian Brennan. If people are just tuning in right now, uh, he'll give more of the general NBA. Uh, uh, and hold on. Let me see. Where are we? Safari. There we go. So now we should have the weekly schedule up. And uh, we can break down each one of the games. Uh, I'm going to pick a game. I'm going to ask around the table to see who's seen it. Uh, we're going to start off with the, the 76ers versus uh, the Washington Wizards. Uh, I'm not going to break down the, um, the quarter by quarter scoring, but we'll just say uh, that the 76ers were able to come on strong at the very end and win 107 to 98, although there were some injuries. I'm going to start off with Arun. What are some of your thoughts on the 76ers and the Wizards?
6: Uh, yeah, the Wizards were competitive, surprisingly, for most of this game. They were actually winning in the third quarter when Ben Simmons left with an injury. Um, the Wizards were playing really good defense, but it just wasn't enough. The offense was not really that good. Rui only had eight points. Embiid, um, and, and of course, is great. He had 29 and 12 rebounds, and Tobias Harris had 18. And... Al Horford, who the Wizards missed out and got Yan Mahimi instead. Um, he was plus 18 on the floor. So um, the Wizards lost as, as expected. Yeah. Um, Tim, did you check out any of this
1: game?
5: I saw a little bit of the second half because I saw the score was close. And then it was the classic case of you turn on the game and it just goes completely south. So I only saw a little bit of the third quarter. But, I mean, Arun pretty much said it correctly. Like, the Wizards finally put together a pretty good defensive game, especially by uh, NBA standards. But, you know, the one game that they lock it down, more or less, they, they just they couldn't score. So, another disappointing game. And um, I don't know if this is the one that eliminated them, but this it was right around this time.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize people were actually asking us questions in the last segment, so I apologize if we didn't get to some of those questions. Um, but uh, I'll go back and I'll respond to them in the chat. Uh, we're going to DC People's Champ. Did you get a chance to see this game?
4: This is the only game I actually watched out of the three, uh, because the other two I just I just couldn't bear watching them, and, and because of what I saw in this game, it it just it's it's sad. That's all I can say about it. It's it's saddening. That maybe they listened to this podcast a couple weeks ago where I said don't win, don't go to the playoffs. Maybe they listen. <laughs> I, I mean, do I have that much influence? Somebody tell me. It was just <laughs> Ben Simmons went out of the game. All you had to do was lock down Joel Embiid, you could win the game. You couldn't do it. And now, no playoffs. Period. That's that's all I got there. It was it was too much of an up and down game with too many downs and not enough up. That's all.
1: Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I didn't honestly watch this game. I've had trouble watching a lot of these Wizards games, mostly because I was watching so much hockey. So I, I have to admit that I was better in the first hour segment than I will be in tonight's show. But um, I, it was interesting that they were winning. And I am happy that they were competitive and they're getting some practice. And, uh, you know, Rui uh, didn't have a double double in this game, but he has in most of his uh, games. And uh, Thomas Bryant has had a double double. in in, I think almost every game and and, uh, he's been playing really well and a lot of the young guys and some people are getting an opportunity and we can sort of see who they want to keep for the future. And it's better than sitting at home for the summer. So I I think I'm happy that they went and hopefully uh, their draft pick will. uh, I I am curious if they lose all the games and they end up having a worse record than the teams that didn't make the, the bubble do they get a better draft pick? I don't know how that works. No, they don't. It's, it's a
3: lottery, so.
1: Okay, but they don't get more balls by doing that or no. anything? No. Okay. No.
4: Well, that's I, I, thought, I thought maybe that would be the case that they would have a better percentage of getting a top pick if they had a worst record. Is that what it is? No,
6: it's already locked in. But like they're If they're locked into the spot they're already in, they'd only end up with the worst pick if they made the playoffs.
4: Oh, okay. All right.
5: Mission accomplished.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're as good as we
1: could be. So, um, all right. So that game, I think we can do it in the books. Uh, the next one was on Friday. It was against the Pelicans. It was a somewhat competitive game until the third quarter where the New Orleans Pelicans uh, put up 37 points uh, on the Wizards and uh, they only scored 25. And from there, um, it was pretty much even scoring, I guess. Um, I know that you, a lot of you guys didn't get to check this game out. Arun, were you able to see any parts of it?
4: Uh,
6: bits and pieces. Rui had a pretty good game. He had 23 points, which was the most he's had since like early December. Most of the starters played well outside of Bonga, but the Pelicans had way more talent, even with Zion out. Uh, Drew Holiday was the best player on the floor, and the bench of the Pelicans really outplayed um, the Wizards they, in the third quarter where the Wizards epically collapsed. They, um, they were really dominated, and Frank Jackson on the bench, he was plus 30 when he was on the floor. Alonzo the Ball was pretty bad, which was pretty funny. He only had two points, but otherwise, it was a loss. The Wizards actually could have won this game, but who really cares, like, at this point? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go
1: um well did anyone else have any comments I'll I'll, let, I'll open the floor if anyone wants to say anything on this one
4: Robbie like I told you earlier when we chatted I told you I really like Marie Hachimara I really do this kid is really coming into his own and I believe this is only this is only his first year and he's doing very well in his first year uh, in the league even with the stoppage. He's coming to the bubble he's done well he's had some off games but for the most part he's been very consistent uh, and I like the fact that he's able to score 23 here on uh, on this night uh, in this game uh, as well as Thomas Bryant 22. the front court is looking extremely strong going into next season and once you get that dynamic backcourt back, this team could be a playoff caliber team once you get all the pieces back but I really like Louis for a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I do like that Thomas Bryant and Rui get this extra time. That, you know, if it's just the season had ended and they didn't get anything, like hopefully they can are able to sort of uh, put that forward. And, you know, Admiral Schofield got eight minutes. Just, people are getting some time. And I think it's slightly more competitive uh, than uh, the Summer League would usually be because um, the other teams need it. And so you're playing against a team that needs the, the win. So, so that's good. All right, let's uh, jump into the last game. Uh, the, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they just sort of jumped out at the end of the first quarter. They had a pretty big lead. And they seem to have led throughout the whole game. Um, Arun, do you have any interesting stats about this one?
6: Um, just Bonga probably had his best game of the bubble with 14 points and eight rebounds. Uh, and Jerome Robinson had 19, but other than that, it was like, pretty much Baisley for the Thunder dominated and it wasn't in shade. So Alexander was great for them. And this game wasn't even that close. Like I believe only third quarter was when the Wizards outscored the Thunder. It was only by a point. And yeah, it wasn't a really close game at all. Yeah, for sure. So um, uh, I'll let anybody
1: else open the floor. Does anyone else want to talk about this uh, game at all? I didn't think so. <laughs> um, all right. So, so um, tomorrow they play the Bucks in a meaningless game against a really, really good team, followed by playing the Celtics, another really good team. Um, and uh, so that would, is going to be uh, two interesting matchups. That I'm sure they're going to lose. So the time has finally been set for the Celtics game. Uh, it's a 12 o'clock game on Thursday. And tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, if you're watching, um, if you're not watching live. At 9 uh, p.m., it's against the Bucs. Uh, I know that that was considered a home game. Not that that really matters for anything in this. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on either of those two matchups?
3: I mean, it depends
1: on if Giannis plays or not in that
3: Bucks game. Um, I mean, they've pretty much clinched everything at this point. Same with the Celtics. Um, you know, there could just be bench players going up against the Wizards, and this could be an opportunity for – maybe a good performance if if all goes right but um yeah you know they've pretty much clinched everything so I, I would say the Wizards you know at least have a chance to maybe steal one of these games but not likely yeah for yeah sure
4: they need, gonna... pride. they need to win one for pride come on guys <laughs> one for, for your pride for Christ's sake
1: yeah it would be interesting to see how how much they push for this uh, Tim what are some of your thoughts Well, the Bucs rested a lot of people tonight
5: and looked pretty bad against Toronto's uh, second string too, but the sad part about the Wizards is they don't really show a lot of improvement and discipline in these games. Like, they're very young, but the coaching staff, all they do all day is play basketball and practice, so you think they would look better on defense and in their offensive sets, but they just look pretty sloppy and it's kind of disappointing for the, the coaching really to not like clean up some of that stuff
1: yeah sounds good well I'm gonna since we, we got a little bit of time we went through those games quickly which is what I was hoping for since there's not a whole lot of positive to pull away from it I'm gonna give each one of you guys an opportunity to talk about maybe a basketball game that you guys did enjoy or any of the other teams or other NBA stuff that you find interesting or exciting I'm gonna start with Brian Brennan And then I'll go around uh, the round table. Oh, Brian, you're muted.
3: My bad. Sorry about that. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, the game that really stood out to me this past weekend um, was the Nuggets and Jazz game that went to um, double overtime. Uh, It was a really great game. Jokic played great for the um, Nuggets and Murray played really well as, as well. Um, Donovan Mitchell played nearly put the team on his back but the nuggets ended up getting the win um i really love that game i it was one of the best games i've seen in the bubble so far um other stuff i'm looking forward to or looking at these last couple of days is uh the race for the eighth seed there is almost there it's guaranteed that there will be a play-in game it all depends on who it's going to be will it be uh portland memphis san antonio or phoenix it'll be either of those, it'll be two of those four teams. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's been, that's been one of the exciting parts of the bubble for sure.
1: For sure. Yeah. That it, It's been an exciting bubble for a lot of other teams. Uh, Aru, what are some of your favorite games or things that you're looking out for?
6: Um, I think the Trailblazers have been in the, Clippers game was interesting just because the aftermath of that game where Lillard missed the final two free throws of the game, where the Clippers were, I think, intentionally trying to lose by playing their last, like their bench players. And then the trash talking that ensued afterwards, where Beverly called, like, said, Dame time on the bench. And then Lillard and Paul George went after it on social media. And even uh, Damien Lillard's sister called out Paul George for sleeping with, like, some stripper. And that's, like, pretty crazy. And then Lillard, of course, followed it up with a 50-point game against the 76ers, which was pretty incredible. Um, I think it's pretty interesting just that all this trash-talking is happening. Like, and they're all pretty much, like, all there right in the bubble. So I thought it was, like, that was an interesting game.
1: Yeah. Um, All right, Tim, what are some of your other favorite games and? Uh, parts of the bubble so far
5: I wanted to highlight another OT game um, Dallas against Milwaukee on Saturday night it was a a big back and forth game um, it would have been another kind of heartbreaking OT loss if Dallas had blown that but they managed to pull it out and Luca's playing insane this whole bubble tournament he's had I don't like three or four triple doubles already. And um, there's a lot of talk that he might be an MVP candidate for next year. So I think that's, that's really exciting. And then also the surprise of the, of the bubble is definitely the Suns. I mean, imagine if they go undefeated and I don't see them like beating the Lakers, for example, but imagine if they went, they ran the table and, um, gave the Lakers, uh, kind of a scare in the first round.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting. I- I'm definitely hoping for this you know, Game and uh, there will uh, be I, a plan. There's yeah. going to be a plan.
3: It's, it's clinched, but
1: they
5: just don't know
3: what. Don't the know teams who, are who the teams yeah. are. Yeah. But I'm excited
1: yeah. that it exists. So, um, I think that'll be an interesting match. Maybe
5: two games could be two. That's what we all want.
1: Cause... Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, uh, I-, I mentioned this before. It's, uh, double elimination so if the eight seed wins either game it's over but the nine seed has to win twice um yeah so it's not really a best of three i've never seen that before in basketball or hockey i've seen it in video game competitions but i've never seen it done that way and you know so i thought i wonder if they pulled it from there so i've just never seen it before in professional sports so
5: maybe it'll stick around next year if if people love it but yeah will
1: see. I'd be okay if the 8-9 got to have that sort of, you know, just in general. You know, just – because they do it in baseball, right? The wild card, the last – Yeah, nine. that's yeah. what the
5: wild card is. I mean, it's not like the, the lower seed has to win two games in a row, but it's kind of
4: I, it's a play. I kind
1: of like that, though, better, the winning the two. Uh, Maybe even baseball should do that. Because I feel like in any one game, any team could win one game. But yeah. if you're going to force the bottom seed to have to win twice – then at least, you know, maybe each team gets one home game, you know, and, um, yeah, so yeah. in that scenario as well. So um, it would make the baseball playoffs a little bit longer, but I'd be okay with waiting two extra days and giving the teams that have earned it a little extra rest. And um, I don't know, it could be interesting.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I like spicing it up this year. It's like a year of um, experimentation in all the sports.
1: Yeah, it's cool. It's at least it's well, at least we have something to talk about for four months. This podcast didn't even exist, so um, you know I'm happy that I can be back and we could discuss some of that stuff. So, DC People's Champ, what are some of your other favorite basketball games or moments in the
4: bubble? Well, there were two things that stuck out to me. One, that insane no look pass that Luca had in one of the games recently. That pass was absolutely insane. It almost reminded me of the old school M1 games that used to happen back in the late 90s, early 2000s up in New York. That kind of pass right there. And the fact that he made it so pinpoint to the cutter coming through the the lane and he finished it just the way you should uh, pass like that, that was awesome. And the second thing is what CP3 actually mentioned before we started this segment. The fact that they have done over seven thousand, they've done over seven thousand tests between the NHL and the NBA. They've done so many tests with the NBA in the bubble, and not a single positive test should let other leagues know. Hey, maybe in this new age, at least until we get this under control, maybe we need to go into a bubble to keep from spreading this and 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 having this happen. So those are the two things that stood out to me: is the no positive test has been in the bubble one and two. Luka Doncic is like insane. He's like, he's like the four new version of white chocolate to me. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, uh, definitely some cool storylines for us to, uh, break down, you know, as we continue to talk about the NBA playoffs. And so hopefully I'll be able to bring a bunch of you guys back on, you know, maybe as the NBA goes on, depending on how, uh, time allows us for, but I've enjoyed, I know we haven't had a lot of weeks of it, but I enjoy this new format and be able to see all of you guys and, uh, be able to have all of you on and uh, discussing stuff and uh, we'll probably take a break from it for a couple of weeks, maybe, uh, but definitely when uh, the NBA playoffs, maybe after the first round or maybe a little bit further into it, um, there's more to talk about there. I definitely would like to bring you guys back on to talk a little bit, even if it's not wizards basketball, but I'm sure uh, it'll be interesting uh, to have some playoff stuff, but I'm going to let each one of you guys kind of give your uh, final thoughts. And then uh, I'm going to ask, Arun, real quickly, are you going to stay on for a baseball talk tonight? Yeah, Uh, yeah, I will. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, So I'll let um, Arun and Brian say their goodbyes a little later. We're going to start off with Tim. Uh, Tim, any final thoughts before we let you go tonight?
5: No, I'm just uh, wishing luck to the Capitals. I think uh, all the Capitals fans could use some good news. So um, I really don't want to hear any stories about how we lost to Barry Trotz. (laughs) That's that that would be a nightmare so i hope uh caps caps will move on i'm sure it won't be easy because it never is for them but um yeah go caps
1: yeah for sure i uh, i agree and uh so I've got all the caps gear sitting right up there above me. District of champions caps gear. Definitely people can check it out. I even I am even so diehard I even cap caps PJs on. So nice. um, <laughs> um, but I, I like the DC People's Champs cap stuff. Even Brian's wearing red, which is surprising. So it's not
5: for the caps.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, I can I can pretend be a shirt
5: like Fauci. It's not for
1: any DC
5: teams. <laughs> it is just a red shirt.
1: Well, you know, um, but anyway, the uh, Tim, we appreciate you joining us as always. Yeah, and we're thanks, forward guys. To uh, talking maybe a little more NBA playoffs along the line. Sure. Have a good night. All right, you too. All right, DC People's Champ. I'll uh, let you go next. Do you have any uh, wrestling news on uh, this week's show?
4: Well, first, uh, big, big uh, rest in peace to the Ugandan giant Kamala, uh, who unfortunately passed away yesterday at the age of seventy. To Uh, COVID-19. He had underlying health problems such as diabetes, hypertension, uh, and kidney failure where he was on dialysis. They think he caught him in one of his dialysis visits. Uh, So rest in peace to him. Legend in in wrestling. Legend. Um, And also, uh, keep an eye on the No Spots podcast this week. I actually did uh, a recording earlier today with an up-and-coming uh, professional wrestler named K.A. Robinson, who's a good friend of mine. We got to chat uh, for about 40 plus minutes talking about wrestling, gaming, uh, cosplay, uh, maybe starting a, him starting a podcast, things like that. Uh, that'll be up this Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And I actually have another recording of another professional wrestler I going to talk to on Wednesday, but I'm going to keep the name of that one a little hush hush because that'll come out next week. Uh, and um. We're going to be talking about some New Japan stuff and, of course, the uh, week that was in wrestling uh, this coming weekend for the full No Spot podcast. So we got a lot going on on, the, on No Spots. So just stay tuned.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, anyone is missing the wrestling effects, we don't – Usually, talk wrestling on this uh, podcast. Uh, Definitely check out No Spots Podcast, another member of the beloved True Radio Network, and uh, always family here. And uh, we really appreciate your time, champ. And uh, we'll definitely talk to you soon.
4: Definitely. I'll be back.
1: All righty. All right. With that, I think I will secede control back to Carol, and we can uh, maybe get into a little earlier baseball talks. That way, we might be able to finish the podcast. Maybe it won't be two full hours. Is uh Carol there? I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Ah, he yeah. pops up out of nowhere.
0: Maybe I was in here taking care of some other stuff behind the scenes and he's like, Carol, I'm gonna get control, like, oh, at least give me a heads up, baby.
1: Shit. Well, I thought you were listening. No, you weren't listening.
0: I was I was, I was uh, <laughs> in the middle of doing some behind the scenes. You didn't hear what I said? I was doing some behind the scenes things, Rob. <laughs> Behind the scenes, well, yeah. all right, I, I got think it. Go on behind the scenes that folks don't know about.
1: Got it, got it. Okay, I, I think I got where you're going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, well, now we're blowing up Carol's spot, but now we can talk <laughs> baseball, so uh, you know, uh, that's always good. And uh, let's see, um, um, Let me all get right.
0: scores up here on my screen,
1: yep. <clears throat> What's the current score in the Nats game? We can just start 14-2. with that. 14 2. Oh, okay. It got closer. <laughs> yeah, Mets got, Mets
3: got a safety. It's 14
0: <laughs> 2. Yeah, he just, uh, Corbin just gave up two runs in this inning. He uh, probably going to be his last inning to work. He was cruising pretty good, uh, walked the guy, then uh, an unfortunate infield hit that he uh, tried to get the man in second to set up a double play. Unfortunately, it went in the center field, which accounted for their first run and they just got a single to count for their second run. There's two outs in the bottom of the six. Nats up comfortably fourteen to two in this game. Patrick Corbin looking pretty good. Cool, cool,
1: cool. Well I will I will fall back and let you guys rock and roll and talk a little bit of baseball. I'll still stay here, but I uh was so into the hockey this week that I don't know if I have a whole lot to add, but uh I'll let you uh break it down, Carol.
0: No problem. You know, you're more than welcome to chime in. Uh, as we mentioned last week, they, the Nationals had some, I believe, what the next 12 games against the Mets and the Orioles. And I made the joke that the Nats should go undefeated. Uh, the way mm-hmm. they played last week, that's definitely not going to happen. They uh, lost, I believe, two was it, two out of three to the Mets. Get my numbers up here. Yeah, they lost two to the Mets. One, one, one against the Mets, lost the other to the Mets. And lost two out of three to the Orioles. One game was shortened due to rain. I'm not sure if they're when they had that schedule to make up. But uh, yeah, those games against the Orioles, boy, those were some ugly games, but not going to get too ahead of ourselves. We're going to go ahead and talk about the lone victory of the week, which was the first game against the Mets, which was a 5 3 victory. Uh, Patrick Corbin was on the mound. He's been, uh, I'd say, the most steady pitcher that come out through this uh, pandemic short season. Uh, he's pitched very well, we talked about him tonight, 14-2 lead, just gave up two runs in the bottom of the six. So he's definitely one of the uh, pitchers that's come out there and did his job and then hasn't had any hiccups. Uh, he went five and two thirds, giving up eight hits, 3 earned runs with eight strikeouts and one walk. The, uh, the losing pitcher of record was Steven Matts, that puts him at 0-2. He went three innings, giving up seven hits, uh, five runs with three strikeouts. Daniel Hudson earned the save. That's his second of the year. He went an inning, giving up uh, no hits, no runs, two strikeouts, and a walk. Uh, Howie Kendrick started it off with a solo home run. Uh, Josh Harrison, in his first game, first at bat, did a solo home run, which Juan Soto was very excited about. He was uh, just about getting clear to play. He was a... Uh, on top of the dugout, getting in some celebration, dancing. Uh happy for Josh Harrison, his first at bat and getting a home run, which was huge. Uh Castro played pretty well. Um this was a this was a good game. I thought they were turning the corner with this game and you know starting to get some consistency. Offense looked well, didn't have any uh, errors in the field, but uh yeah, the rest of the week was a different story. everyone did you get a chance to check out any of that uh five three victory against the Mets last week?
6: Yeah, I checked um, it out. Like, how, as you said, Harry Kendrick was great. He had four hits, but I'm just wondering if he can just, like, put it together every day, like, given that, given his age. He didn't really... He had a great game after a huge layoff, but then as an everyday player, I'm just wondering if he can do it at all times. And Keeboom, he also had a hit in RBI. He was batting 400 after this game, but I don't think he played the next couple of days after this
0: this part, yeah, key boom, I'm more worried about his field and his back. He's uh, he's been in second and at third, and he's had some issues, especially at third. He's supposed to be replacement for Rendon. I've seen him more at second, where he looks a little bit more comfortable, but that doesn't solve the issue at third. Brian, what about you? Did you check out that game? Uh, yeah,
3: find- yeah, I did get to see this game. Um, Corbin pitched great. Um, it's kind of funny. This was actually the matchup for tonight's game Corbin versus Matt's. And uh, it went a little bit better for Matts in this game. But, um, you yeah, know, this was a good win for the Nats. Like you said, Harrison coming in and instantly hitting the home run uh, and Soto dancing on the dugout. That's all stuff you love to see. Um, Harrison, I don't think actually, if I'm not mistaken, going into tonight's game, that was Harrison's only hit as a national so far. Uh, he might have changed that tonight. But, um, yeah, this was a good win. obviously it set the tone what should have, for what should have been a better week for the Nationals. But wasn't it was actually a pretty terrible week for the Nationals.
0: Agreed, agreed. Uh, yeah, I made that joke. I'm starting to regret I made that joke last week about them <laughs> defeated against the Mets and the uh, Orioles. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the next game. Let me switch the graphic up real quick, which was an unfortunate three to one loss. Uh, Mad Max had to start, but he left after I believe it was an inning or two. Was an inning and in third, or maybe two. Four innings, he – I forgot what the exact – they said it was. Uh, I I think it's his back. Yeah, I know they said, like, muscle tightness or something like that. Yeah. his back, but – yeah, his right hamstring. Velocity was off. I think that's what the officially said during the game, that his uh, velocity wasn't right, and then it came out later. Yeah, it was uh, back tightness. So, I mean, with this, you know, changed up so-called spring training and short season – especially for the pitchers, older pitchers that have their routines when they go on the spring training and then, you know, ramp it up during certain times and, you know, have their own set, uh, you know, set schedule. Um, maybe this is what's uh, happening with him, that he didn't get a chance to do his regular routine. And, you know, Max isn't a young guy. So, I mean, it's still early. Nats, uh, you know, not too far behind They're sitting in fifth right now. But we know what the Nats can do when they get hot and get going. But getting back to this game, as I mentioned, it's a three-one loss. Uh, Scherzer exited early. Winning pitcher was uh, Rick Porcillo. puts him at one and one. He went seven innings, giving up five hits, one earned run, with four strikeouts and no walks. Uh, Eric Fetty, who came in for Scherzer, he pitched pretty well. He gave up uh, three hits in three innings, one earned run with one strikeout and three walks, which you know isn't characteristic for him. He normally isn't a guy that walks a lot of guys he just gives up hits at the wrong time. So he was, you know, he did well coming in in that position, you know, as a starter, he hasn't really had any bullpen work. So, you know, it is what it is, next man up. Uh, And for the save with Seth Lugo, he went two innings, giving up no hits, no runs, and uh, with two strikeouts. Uh, Juan Soto in his first game doubled, had an RBI double in the bottom of the first. And that was all the offense for the next that game. Uh, a room, did you get a chance to check out this uh, game where Porcello had the uh, Nats struggling at the plate and Juan Soto in his first game was able to at least get an RBI double?
6: Yeah, Porcello, he had like seven and a third scoreless innings and he pretty much shut down the Nationals. He had his 150th win of the, his career. And Soto, yeah, he was the only Nats player to get a hit with a runner in scoring position. As you pointed out, he got an RBI in his debut. Um, and uh, Doolittle came in, and he also struggled. Like, this was another game where he struggled. Um, it's, I think his velocity has gone down on this basketball. And, um, yeah, Doolittle with another, uh, he gave up another run out of the bullpen.
0: Ryan, what did you, uh, if you got a chance to check this game out? It was a, uh, it, it was a head scratcher for me. They just, you know, Priscilla just had him against him because he could not even get contact
3: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, first off, I hope Scherzer's okay. Um, He's my favorite national, so I hope he's okay. I hope he's able to make his next start. Uh, This isn't a long-term thing. I don't know. I haven't heard too much detail on this, but um, I just want to, you know, I think we're going to talk about Sean Doolittle a little bit later when we get to the Orioles series, but um, you're right. Like he, he definitely struggled in this game and Fetty did pitch well for the nationals, but just a tough loss. Uh, Porcello really shut down the offense. The offense has really been struggling. Uh, not tonight against the Mets, but um, in this series against the Mets, they struggle, they struggle against the Orioles, too. Um, you know, they have the pitching to compete, but you just wonder if the offense is there. And you know, maybe getting Soto back into a good rhythm will help.
0: Well, definitely, definitely. We talked about it in the first couple of weeks of the season. How not having Tony bags of Soto on the lineup has definitely, you know, changed the complexion of this team. Tony you know, Tubbs is in uh, Anaheim now. I think I saw something about he's having a little struggles out there in the American League West. I think he said he's hitting like 150 right now or something. But we know how Anthony Rendon is. He's going to get it up to a 300, you know, a little transition from the National League, American League strike zone. So I think he's going to be all right. But, yeah, Soto, he, excuse me, so he did the playoffs and all season. 30 RBIs, uh, 30-plus home runs. I mean, this kid is phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to go back to being on the record when uh, Bryce decided to leave and everybody was in panic mode. And I said, and I quote, I have no problem with Bryce leaving because we got a Juan Soto. That man 20 years old, about to be 21, and doing the things he's doing, this team is going to be fine with Juan Soto. And they got him on the cheap. And I'm like, the next just got For now. Yeah, from the A. Hey, we got Someday him. they're
3: going to have to pay him a lot yeah. of money.
0: We got two more years, baby. Two more years, I believe. <laughs> uh, and the Nats just got a solo home run by F. Cabrera to make it 16-2. to Two-run home run. So it was a two-run home run. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the Nats offense was looking pretty good instead of did in the last game of the Mets series. And so Let's go ahead and get into the Orioles series, which – The first game of the series, the Nationals had no offense and no runs. They lost 11 to nothing. And I think they're having flashbacks to last week in this game, which when they put up all these runs against the Orioles last week. Because the Orioles pretty much teed off on Anibal Sanchez. Uh, We spoke about it last week. Uh, You know, he's more of a control pitcher that when he's like in the middle of the season, when he has a little bit of fatigue, that's when his, you know, pitches are the best. And he's full-on rest and, you know, strong, and his pitches all have a little bit more heat on him. He doesn't have as much control, and in this game, it showed as much. He uh, lasted five in the third, giving up ten hits with five earned runs, four strikeouts, and three walks. Uh, winning pitcher was Tommy Malone, which I don't know if y'all folks recall. Was the Nats pitcher, I think, about six or seven years ago. They traded him, I believe, to Oakland, and he's come back around and got a win on the Nats. He ended up going six innings, giving up three hits, no runs, three strikeouts. Um Baltimore was on top of the Nationals from the break. They got out to a three-nothing lead by the uh, bottom of the second. Uh, they had a four run, sixth inning, a third, a three-run, seventh inning. And it was pretty much nothing the Nats could do. They only mustered four hits that game, uh, had one error, and Baltimore just uh Stomped all over at home. It's nothing. I always say nothing worse than getting shut out at home. And yeah, they, they, they stomped on them. Uh, Brian, as a AL East, you know, compadre with the Orioles, they are currently in second place, I believe, behind your Yankees. Uh, what did you take away from this game against the World Champion Nationals that they couldn't even muster one run at
3: home? Yeah, um, this was you know frustrating for the Nationals. You know, you never want to lose your, um, yeah, I guess you want to call it a rivalry, your beltway rival like that. Especially to get crushed. I mean, Asdrubal Cabrera was terrible, or not Asdrubal. Sorry, uh, Annabal Sanchez. I'm watching Asdrubal Cabrera on my screen, so that's why I was thinking of him. But Hannibal uh, Sanchez uh, was terrible in this game for the Nationals. You know, really a just awful start. You need him to be one of your more consistent starters, especially with Strasburg coming back and struggling, and you know, Scherzer now being out. You need, uh, I keep doing that Sanchez to, um, to do well. And so this was just a bad loss for the nationals Uh, to get crushed on like that at home against the Orioles is bad, but I will give the Orioles credit uh, for what they've done so far this season. You are right. They are in second place uh, in the AL East. They've uh, swept Tampa Bay this season. They have beaten the Red Sox when they played them. Now they've beaten the nationals twice. Um, The Orioles have done some pretty impressive things this season. So um, I, I have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, for what they've done so far. Um, yeah, this is a good result for them winning eleven nothing.
0: It was a good result for them. I didn't really like it because after the bad cheeks in my mouth. Uh Room, did you get a chance to check out this debacle uh from last week, eleven and nothing? Uh,
6: just some of it. Uh, I noticed Chris Davis, he got two hits and that's not good because he only <laughs> has four hits for the entire season. So um <laughs> Yeah,
0: he had a double, and a, yeah, at that point, you could tell it wasn't going to be the Nationals night. Yeah. Robbie, did you get a chance to check out, I forgot that, did you get a chance to check out any of the two-game series with the Mets, or did you see that anything about that? I think we spoke offline about how bad that 11 nothing game was. Did you got anything yeah. about those or anything? I, I, the only thing
1: I'll point out for baseball, uh, I have a fun little anecdote. I I, didn't, I watched a little bit of the orioles Mets uh, game I don't think it was that really big blow. It was pretty early on. And I was showing it to my son, Zach, and yeah, he's been saying baseball a lot and hitting the ball uh, off the tee and uh, so excited. And my favorite thing was whenever a pitch happened, he would say, it's a baseball. And he was just, every time he was so surprised. And I was like, oh man, I wish I was surprised every time a pitch was thrown like that. He was was like baseball, like every time. It was just, it was adorable. So, uh, there was no hits, though, so in his mind, baseball is just a game of throwing to the catcher because in that, it was either a strikeout or a walk for every play on that inning, so it was like, uh it was a little boring, but, you know, at least he was very excited about b- baseballs being thrown,
0: so. It was definitely an
3: ugly game to watch. I man. also get excited when baseballs are thrown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you get a little more excited. Pack those, but... Yeah,
3: maybe even more
4: than Zach. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well almost last game of the week. I didn't really recap the I need to cover that though. Also let me switch up the draft for now. And then in the second game of the two-game series, the Nationals, ah, they were up three-nothing going into the top of the eight. End up giving up five runs in the top of the eight and lose the game five three. We mentioned Sean a little earlier. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he was the. They gave Hudson the loss, but Doolittle was the reason for the loss. He should have got the L because he gave up two back-to-back solo home runs in a three nothing game, made had three-two. I believe got another man on. Hudson came in to try to you know do his thing, and unfortunately, it turned into a five-run eighth inning. Uh, winning pitcher of record is Sean Armstrong. He went one. One and two thirds, giving up one hit, no runs with two strikeouts. As I said, Daniel Hudson took the loss. That puts him at one and one. He went two thirds, giving up two hits with three runs. And uh, saved by Miguel Castro. He went one inning, no hits, no runs, two strikeouts and a walk. Excuse me. Um, Everything was going well for the Nats. They had built a three nothing lead going into the eighth. As I mentioned, I was thinking, you know, they could, uh, you know, salvage you know at least get one out of the series after losing 11 nothing and then they turn around i didn't even i had it on the second tv and i saw the first home run and made it three one i was like okay literally gonna get it and i saw the second one go out and i say like, did that a replay no that's another one so it was three to two so i'm like okay i will be interesting the nail biter then next thing i know i see a man on and i see hudson coming and i'm like okay yeah hudson is good when a hair and runners on base he normally you know take care of his business and I believe it was another home run that made it five to three, and a bad loss in my opinion. When you were that close to get to the fifty-five. Uh, Brian, what did you take away from this heartbreaking hmm. loss that they snapped from the from the jaws of victory?
3: I mean, this is definitely their worst loss of the season so far. Um, you think about how clutch and how reliable Doolittle and Hudson were last season for them. I mean, they are a huge part of why they won the World Series last year. Getting Hudson was huge. And, you know, to blow a game like that, you know, when you have the lead. And actually, I believe the two home runs that Doolittle gave up, I could be wrong. I believe they were both pinch hit home runs, which makes it um, even worse, honestly. Um, Yeah, this is definitely the worst loss of the season. Doolittle actually deleted his Twitter account after this game because he was getting so abused on Twitter so which is interesting an interesting move by him um you wonder if he regrets not opting out the season at this point but um yeah um definitely a bad loss um anytime i think soto actually hit a home run in this game so you waste that you just waste a, a and yeah just a bad bad loss i'd say bad loss for the nationals
0: okay, hard one to swallow after that. But I really did you this game, out and see this heartbreak and reminding us of the early 2019 season with the bullpen issues that they had last year.
6: Yeah, I watched a lot of this game. I would say it's it's uh, it's either this loss or the Yankees loss is the worst loss of the season. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, like, the, I think Soto, was this the game where Soto um, also slid in third base and he was tagged out? He slid past the base again,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that was,
6: and then, um, yeah, the and then the Nets they were one for 10 against the Orioles and um, runners in scoring position. It was just like they kept having runners on, and they looked like they were going to get more than three runs even before this, but then they just kept um, getting like shut down in these rallies. Doolittle, um, he came in, which was weird because Harp, um, Rainey had nine pitches. And you thought he was going to come in in the eighth because he really shut down, like, the Orioles. But then Doolittle came, in. he had back-to-back, as he said, and he almost gave up another home run to Chris Davis. And I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, that's the only out that Doolittle got. So I don't even know if that really counts that much. Then they took him out. And then I think it's much more different for Hudson to come in in the eighth. Just like, oh, i got to pitch two innings and get everybody out. So maybe that was in the back of his mind. No excuses, he still gave up three-run home run. And, yeah, they lost the game. And I think the Orioles, I think they won the last series against the Nationals. It's just like a weird dynamic going on there.
0: Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, Doolittle. a little. I, I know he was talking about opting out, you know, earlier. I'm not saying he should, but yeah, he's definitely, something isn't right. I don't know, I didn't get to have a chance to, I haven't had a chance to examine if it's if it's delivery or he's tipping his pitches or what's going on. But yeah, that's not what we're used to seeing from Doolittle and you know Hudson. You know, it happens sometimes. Like I said, coming in the eighth inning, different leverage position, you know, man on as opposed to coming in with clean bases. It's uh it was just disheartening to see them lose a game like that. That they looked like they had total control of and it you all know, just went to hell and on the inning. Yeah, that's never a good thing. And let's go ahead and get into the last game, which was postponed due to rain. Strasburg took the mound. Uh, at the time of the postponement, due to rain, it was a 5-2 lead for the Orioles. Uh, from what I saw, Strasburg didn't have the best uh, outing. He went four and a third, giving up seven hits, five runs with two strikeouts and a walk. I didn't get a chance to check out uh any other it for real to see how he looked. He said he struggled a little bit. He had some issues, but I think he said in his own hand, uh, muscle spasm or cramp or something. So uh, this game was postponed, suspended, and I should say, uh, probably going to make it up if they believe, like we talked about, they played the Mets and the Orioles 12 times next week or so. So, so they'll probably make it up on one of the games that they play in this upcoming week on the upcoming schedule.
1: Yeah, so I had a question real fast, and I, I didn't get to watch it, but my dad had mentioned he's on a vacation, and he had heard that the Nationals were unable to get the tarp out. Because yeah. actually they they could have got they could have finished the game, but they were unable to get the tarp out. Now they have to finish a game in the other stadium. So they're going to play it in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I thought that's so weird. Like, what, what it was? Does anyone know what the tarp malfunction was? Like, that's they stupid. just had trouble getting the tarp out and on
3: the field. Like they were struggling with it, and there's video of it online. I haven't seen it, but yeah. they just had trouble. Yeah, they they just had trouble getting it off. It's like it's it's just one of those weird things, and. Um, if they had gotten the tarp on the field, they would have been able to postpone the game. But now they have to finish it because they had the tarp malfunction. So that they're going to finish it, I believe on they're playing the Orioles this weekend, right? So I believe they're they're finishing it sometime this weekend at the series at Camden
1: Yards. Right. Yeah, it's I they're definitely going to do that. It's funny because if you check out um the box score on yahoo it says there's currently two live games because that game is suspended so they don't know how to like <laughs> stop it so right now it's saying on my camera i don't know if you can actually see this but there's two live uh two live games going on which is kind of funny uh it's that, so a weird rule so if they had that because there was a tarp error they have to finish the game now like yeah i guess what a bizarre rule. I, I, like, I've never heard of
4: that
0: before. Isn't it six innings for, uh, for a game that counts as it suspended since it's only five innings? That might have something to do with it also.
6: Yeah.
0: No, oh, they
1: were in the six, I thought.
0: They would get ready to start the six, I think. Oh. But they had done
3: five full innings. So that's a complete game. That's a full game.
0: Five, no, thought it was six innings making
1: it. No, it's five conspiracy. innings. is a full heart, game. HARP conspiracy. HARP <laughs> <Heart> conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the Nats come back and win, and then it'll be known as the Tarp Game.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> so. will be the home team in Baltimore, so that, that should be fun. They well, win. we've
1: already been the road team in Washington, right? It's so hard. you know, well,
0: yeah. full circle, man. It's crazy. This, this season's going to be wild. But hopefully they complete the season. You know, they, they.
1: I hope they don't. Then we get to still be champs. That's what I'm banking on <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna miss baseball, man. It's just, well, no. I hope
1: they get like almost to the end, like one game. So, then they play – you get only, you got 59 games, and then they still are the champs. That-
4: oh, well, then you're going to want the
0: playoffs, man. You can't go through the whole uh, – That's get-
1: assuming that we're making the playoffs, right? So, <laughs> I mean, if we're not making the playoffs, then I want it to be done. If we are making the playoffs, sure, I want to – see
0: it I mean It's still early. They what four and seven, you know, not too bad. Fifth in the East, you know. You know, they can, get, they can get it together, get hot. 60 games, they played 11, you know. So, it's still time to write the shit. They're not too bad. Just they got to get it together, man. Uh, you know, tonight is a good sign. You know, sixteen to two, we'll see what they do tomorrow. Uh,
1: Arun, Arun, do you have any other thoughts on uh, the Tarp game or any of these uh, crazy? I'll just say, guys?
6: like, I don't jinx it, but I think we're probably going to be five and seven, or <laughs> not going to be five and seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true.
1: Um, man, <laughs> hopefully we don't blow this. I this would
0: be bad. You know, with all the triples, all the zeros, I feel that <laughs> <laughs> gotta stay optimistic
1: alright do you want me to go over the upcoming schedule Carol
0: or, um... go ahead and break those down sure
1: uh, alright we got some Mets games we got one on Tuesday at seven ten, Wednesday at seven ten, Thursday at one uh, and then uh, we continue to play Baltimore uh, at some point they're continuing that other game we just talked about but I'm not exactly sure when that comes back I know there is also a game on Friday at 7:35, Saturday at 7:35, and Sunday at 1:05. My gut feeling is they should do a double header on the 110 game, but I know, I don't. No, know. They can't they...
3: do that on Sunday because of Sunday night baseball. Sunday night baseball has like an exclusive Sunday night thing.
1: But if it's a 110 game, can't they do like a like a four o'clock game?
0: Well, I'm actually uh, scheduled right now, and it has a 5:05 start time on Friday for the first game and a 7:35 start. There you
1: go. Um, oh, there it is. That—that's
0: the. There you go. That, that to, makes sense that you'd
1: have to probably do it first because you yeah. have to continue
0: it. So that'll so be a five oh five start on Friday before the seven thirty five starts.
1: Got it. Got it. And then we, so then we have the seven thirty five on Saturday and then the one oh five on Sunday and then on Monday uh they're going to be at Atlanta so we'll cover that game live next week as well.
0: Yeah, it's the first time the maps going to be traveling so. Uh, my fingers crossed that, you know, that's to me, that's where the issues come in when you're traveling, going through airports, going to different hotels, you know, not saying that they're not clean, but you're interacting with different people that might, you know, have it or might be asymptomatic or whatever. So if they don't wear their mask or, you know, properly disinfect, who knows what could happen, man. So that's this is going to be the first time the Nats actually traveling. Stay know. out of the strip
1: clubs, right? Especially <laughs> in Atlanta, <laughs> that's where all the problems. Yeah. are. No them. Magic City. <laughs>
0: Tell Lou Williams to order the chicken wings through door that. you have to go to the club to get the wings. It tastes the same when they get the wings. <laughs> he,
1: was, he was looking at different type of thighs. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know. <laughs> I know they serve thighs at the club. I they, wing wing. They, little they serve thighs. He must love, really love them thighs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all righty well carol i mean we uh we did it we got a big show tonight and uh, we got a lot more to cover next week we're gonna start off with hockey next week for sure uh we're gonna have some baseball coverage maybe we'll talk a little bit of uh redskins uh and maybe a little boxing and thrown in there too
0: Weird Jar, we're going
1: got it <laughs>
6: dang it <laughs>
1: They yeah. will always. They will. I will always hail to that team. <laughs> will, um, but anyway, the Washington football team. Um, we will talk about them if anything comes out of the training camp that's not people beating up their uh, significant others. Um, you know. Stay away, there.
0: Right. <laughs> stay away from that.
1: Right. Try to that. That's a good. <laughs> a good strangling. Strangling. I guess. Strangling. Right. Yeah. Yikes. I think that was, a, for the record, I know we talked about it at the beginning of the show. I think it was the right move. I, um, you know, I just think uh, you just got to distance yourself from that at this point. And if you're going to try to say that you're turning over a new leaf, you got to do it at all facets. And even if it's, they may not be right, might not, you know, in the end, who knows? But uh, at this point, if you're uh, if you're trying to have a new culture, you got to start from the beginning. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Anything uh, else, Arun, before we let you go tonight?
6: Um, just, uh, back to the Wizards. It was nice to see Charles Barkley and Draymond Green. Shout out Rui Hachimura. And I guess I'm not surprised by the Phoenix Suns because Villanova's Mikel Bridges is a starter there. That's it.
1: Thanks for having
4: me
6: on. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun having you. I enjoyed having you in
1: baseball and uh, basketball talk. And uh, we'll have you back on soon. Thanks. All right, Brian, any final thoughts for you before we let you go tonight?
3: Um, just the usual Astros are cheaters. Free Ramon, Ramon Laureano, and uh let's go
1: Yankees. Have a good oh, one. We never had the debate. That w we we we, we, it's we now. It's too late now.
0: Instead <laughs> having a debate, we're gonna we can we can do that next week. Let's next week. Yeah, oh, Next more week. Time. Let's talk we're about just gonna far- keep teasing this <laughs> debate <laughs> yes. until it actually
3: happens.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the brawl that that is between Oakland. That's why I
3: said free Ramon Laureano. <laughs> free Ramon Loriano <laughs> <Free Ramon
0: Laureano. laughs> All right, go keep on throwing these assholes. They up, when they come up with some bachelor style busting folks in the head because they got to get thrown at them, we're going to have a whole nother we're Good, thing. then they'll be suspended. That'll be yeah. great. Hey. <laughs> they, <laughs> go, man. They, they, they won't know the, no what's coming. They fired the coach. They 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 fired the bench balls. I mean, what else do you want? Right? What else? Fire the coach.
1: Yeah, you can cut all ties with all players that were involved.
0: Yeah. Uh, coach. That's what I want. That's what I
1: want. <laughs> I'm putting it there. <laughs> just,
0: they just deserve
3: to get what's coming to them. That's all I'll
0: say. They got to lose a couple. They lose their job <laughs> on of one so-called cheating scandal. A right? couple. Then if that happens with all the stuff that goes on, you know, the, the stuff that pushes the envelope, you can't. You got to look at it, all of that then. So with the guys, that's you know, not doing things properly, they have more, too much uh, pine tar on their back. And all that you're gonna throw the book at them too because it can't just because of this, you know, Scanner. All of a sudden, you want to throw the book. At I'll them. throw
1: the book at them if they win and it's tainted. the World Series. Yeah, <laughs> that's the difference. No, no, right? I am
0: fire, fire <laughs> the hitting coach after that
6: brawl.
3: <laughs> yes, agreed <laughs> with that. Agreed with that.
0: Yeah, stealing science has always been a part of baseball. They just added a technological advantage to it, which is cheating, which is wrong. But you know, the consequences <laughs> came down. I mean. <laughs> It is what it is. Just throwing in folks and all of that. It ain't going to make it no better. It ain't going to change them. It's going to get somebody hurt and then players getting suspended for, you know, 10% of the season or 12% of the season all to prove some BS point that ain't going to get nothing done but hurt your team because then now you're not in there to play. So, I mean, they can continue to do it, but the, the more the more they do it, the bigger the suspension is going to be than you losing key players, you know, that you are going to need if you want to make a run to the World Series. Is it really worth? Then you want to complain about losing another World Series because you didn't have your players because you want to keep throwing at people. I mean, you can't have it both ways, man. You got a quality team. Why even jeopardize it? I mean, it's in the past three years ago now. And you still, you know, throwing at folks three years later, possibly. Anyway. Well, I mean,
3: we just found out this offseason. So, that's yeah, true. Like, sure. We just found yeah, out.
1: Yeah. And, they, and they did it again yeah. against the Nationals, too. So, you're saying it was just three years ago.
0: Yeah. Now they're, they're starting to throw in people. They used it against them. Right. In, that's in, great. Hotsburg used it against them in that crucial game six. Game yeah. seven, you know, the wheels just fell off because the Nationals prevailed in the game. So if you know if there's a prospect or thought about it that they're doing something that's illegal, don't whine about it. Make adjustments and use it against them. That's what a true athlete and true team and true coach does. You don't throw at players three years later because you're just finding out, oh, they had an unfair advantage, or well, let's throw at them now.
1: But it's not three years. They found out about a year ago that this is their opportunity. But regardless of that, I'm salty because I never root for Texas teams, and I rooted for that team. Liz's family and i regret it and it makes me mad and so yeah that's part of it but i do on the positive note we'll end it on a positive note my son went to bed he looked very cute and he's wearing all nationals stuff so we'll we'll say that there's a new nationals fan he's very excited about baseballs being thrown uh and if anyone wants to celebrate the championship which you can see over here um you can definitely check out our merch you know our uh, district of champions you can get the Uh, the big banners and the darps and you can even get uh, screen cases for your phone and all that sort of stuff. And I even am uh, rocking the shirt uh, today as well. So District of Champions merch, we want to support the movement, uh, sportsothp.com. You can click apparel and accessories and uh, you can also get the Washington football team apparel as well. If you don't like that there is no logo for them, you can get our logo in burgundy and gold. So uh, go check that out. As well, I know Carol likes the sweatshirt he got for that
0: earlier. Mm-hmm. Nice so. and warm, too, and everything. Be on the lookout for Sports your Apparel. Apparel. Partnering up with Eric Couser. I forgot to shout them out earlier. Eric Couser with the Knights Apparel line. Local two nice uh, gentlemen handling business. Make sure you check them out. Be on the lookout. We got some partnership things in the works that you'll see our logo on some of their stuff. and Some of their logos on some of our stuff if you catch me on the street, don't be afraid to holler at me because I probably have some merch to sell right out the trunk. just like they used to do back in the old days. So, mm-hmm. Be on the lookout. Make sure you go check out sportsothp.com. Make sure you go check out my YouTube channel that I'm streaming on now. Careful for the third with three eyes. And just be on the lookout for so much more we got into, in, in store for Sports OTHP True Radio Network and some of the other enterprising things that I've started behind the scenes. But That's a- good. Let the folks know where they can find you before we get a out of here, man.
1: Oh man? Yeah. Oh, I see it. Well, room, yeah. Man, yeah,
0: room. go ahead. Uh, um, you that social
6: media. Oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I guess you can find me on Twitter and on <laughs> Discord, and that's about it. Yeah. Thanks for having
0: me <laughs> all right, Aru, appreciate it as always, man. Big, big Brian, let them know where they can find you and what you're working on next.
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bbryan 1991 uh, 1991 Follow me for sports takes at brianb sports takes. Um, other than that, have a good night, everybody. Thank you for having me on.
0: Hey man, no problem. Always love having you all, man. Robbie, so what? So, so what you got in the works coming up, man? I know you're probably working on something sports related. I know I'm gonna try to get some some stuff out in the works. Maybe get some articles with the Washington football team since it's been kind of quiet. What you got on the horizon? What you working on? Here. Yeah, I I
1: uh, I'm just excited about hockey. You know, this has been really fun, and I, I definitely want to do more videos and uh, get some more people on. Uh, maybe do more of these uh, little Zoom, you know, Facebook lives, and try to get that out there. We just redid our website, so sportsothp dot uh, We'll post some of these cool videos that we've been doing on there, and I'm excited that we're on the podcast platforms, and so. Uh, Yeah, it's just been uh, fun breaking it down. I'm really excited about the Caps game. I'm super excited that my boss is letting me take the day off uh, for putting that extra hours in today because I was really nervous, especially because I was supposed to go into work that day, so it would have been tough. Uh, So I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the series. I hope we uh, are able to beat Barry Trotz. I hope it's like a laugher of a series since that never happens for the Capitals. It's always – you know, six or seven. We never seem to like four or five. Uh, we're we're not going to make predictions. We got through the whole show without doing it. But um, I, you know, I'm hoping that it's a uh, it's not a seven game barn burner like it seems to always be.
0: Uh, between these two teams, with uh, Trotz and all the team, I mean. The thing is not going to go seven. I think is foolish. I think it's definitely going. Oh, I think to- it
1: will. I just don't want it to. Right?
0: <laughs> go six, probably seven, because they they know each other pretty well. Uh, depending on if the Capitals can get into sync and you know continue to play strong defensively, because we know what the Islands are going to try to do. They try to you know, in the neutral zone, shut them down so they can't get the fast entries. They try to shut down some of the accurate passing that they do, and that's the one thing the Caps are going to have to simplify their game, which is why I kind of like the neutral site because when they're on the road, they simplify their game and they don't do all the fancy passes off the boards and wrap around passes and all of that leads these turnovers. So I think that uh, with this neutral site thing, I think they'll be okay.
1: Yeah, for me, it's, uh, I think, John Carlson, how injured is he? And uh, was it precautionary or is he really hurt? Or and Nicholas Backstrom, who seemed hurt the last couple of days and was questionable for that last game, uh, he seems a step slow, uh, but I think if uh, they can play Orlov can bottle up the, that hitting power and just sound defensive play and uh, for continues to improve. And uh, if our, if we can keep that sound defensive game going, I was really happy that last game was a two, one, Kind of grind it out end of a game because that's what playoff hockey is. And I know that some of the round robin games have been lackluster at times, uh, but I'm kind of happy that that was how it ended against a physical team in a close game because those are the games you're going to have to win.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know those playoff style games; those are very key, uh, very key. Uh, you know, got to stay out of the penalty box. You got to, you know, when you do get the opportunity to get, you know, an extra man, you got to take advantage of it. And you got to play sound fundamental hockey, you know, and wait, you know, wait your time to make that move. You can't try to force the action. Playoff hockey is a whole different beast. We've seen over the decades of the Cavaliers having misfortunes, and we saw the the year of glory and how things went. Well, like I mentioned all the time, about them winning all the game, all the series on the road, uh, coming back from 0-2 or Columbus, losing the first year at home and winning four straight, finally beating the the Penguins on their ice in game six. Uh, Those two shutout performances uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals against Tampa Bay to secure the berth to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. And I said it before, if it wasn't for that cheap cross check by Ryan Reeves on John Carlson, they could have swept the Golden Knights and rolled off into the sunset, one of the best runs ever. I mean, it's still one of the top runs in NHL history doing what they did. Uh, when what was it was the eight games on the road and, uh, you know, playing as well as they did. So uh, I'm I'm still thinking this team can get that mojo back. And with when you've got Ovechkin on your team and you're playing solid defense, man, the sky's the limit, especially when you've got quality goal team. Two things before
1: we go. One is T.J. He needs to stay healthy. He, I think missing him at the end of last year was uh, crucial, you know, when he got hurt. Uh, I think he, uh, in that second line and how they're going to match up, is going to be key, you know, Nicky him. And uh, obviously, we haven't really talked much about Jake the Snake Verona. Uh, he hasn't played particularly great. I think he can take it to another step as well. There was a couple of questions that happened during the hockey feed that we didn't get to, uh, just for timing. Uh, but one was a really good question, which was uh, from Christopher Clark. Which line matchups do you like best for Washington versus New York Islanders? Is it the Ovi, uh, um Oshi uh, versus... Uh, Barzell and stuff, but Ovi hasn't been with Becky and Oshie in a while, but it does bring up a point that I'll be curious to see if the lines stay the same or if they sometimes do go back to that, switch it up a bit, you know, put Kuzi uh, with um, uh, Verana at times because they've done well together at times too. So vision to see if the lines stay the same and what sort of line matchups do you find interesting in that? Oh,
0: it's definitely that top line is definitely going to be the key because, you know, they want to get the top uh, defensive pairing and Trotz, you know, as a matchup guy. So he's probably going to put his top line against uh, the Caps' top line. I think the most important line is going to be the third line just because we know the top two lines are pretty much going to negate themselves. They want to take advantage of opportunities and might get, you know, some crucial goals at a crucial time, but it comes to that secondary scoring. And the third line, we know the fourth line is talented. They can grind. They can, you know, take, you know, that's that momentum stopping line. When the other team has momentum, you put that line out there that's going to forecheck, that's going to hit hard, that's going to, you know, grind it out and make it hard for the other team. But that third line is, I think, is what's going to be the key to getting quality scoring out of that line. You mentioned uh, Jacob Rana. You know, I was praising him, you know, throughout the season, how he was stepping up and, you know, getting his career high in goals and, making plays when they were there and, you know, taking advantage of the situation like we, you know, always talked about Andre had the potential, but he never really took that next step here. He definitely stepped up in Colorado. So I think that, um, you know, hopefully Jacob gets back into the form he was before the long break. And um, I think that, I think, you know, they're going to get it together. We mentioned Tom Wilson earlier. I think he's going to be crucial. I think Ron is going to play a crucial role in it too. I mean, Obi's going to do his thing. You know, folks are gonna be keen on on him, but he's still gonna do his thing, get his uh get his goals and make some outrageous passes when they, you know, doubling him or bracketing him. So it's gonna be an interesting series. I think it's I think it's gonna go seven. I think just with these teams, but Trots being so familiar with the caps and these uh being division, you know, foes. I got a feeling it's going seven.
1: If it does go seven, just so people know, there would be a back to back to end this series. It would be a Saturday and Sunday, game six and game seven. Uh, so that would be interesting um, uh, for sure. And it shows that we've been co-hosts for a very long time. A lot of what you were saying, I actually mentioned last night on the power play point podcast about the third and the fourth line is the secondary scoring was so key in that 2018 run. And I think that that, you know, Ovechkin would have made it a lot further in a lot of other seasons if he had other people show up i mean he showed up almost every single playoffs people forget that they're like oh he didn't show up he's like no actually no one else showed up to help him uh he you know he's been a point per game in the playoffs for his whole entire career which is incredible and you know it's incredible to do that in the regular season it's even more amazing to do that in the playoffs and uh he's always been a great playoff performer and I, i definitely am excited and i am curious how much did they leave in the tank did they were they really trying or I mean the seating didn't really matter that much or were they just sort of uh going through the motions we'll see shortly uh when they get to that next level and I'm really looking forward to Wednesday and uh next Monday we'll break down those first three games
0: no doubt no doubt it's definitely going to be interesting to see how these playoffs play out because uh yeah this is new uncharted territory for us we got teams that normally wouldn't be in there that's in there you got teams that, you know, was playing well during the season that you thought was going to be a contender and now you're not too sure about. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But uh, definitely check us out next week. We'll break down some more of the playoffs. Uh, the Nats are up 16-4 to in the bottom of the ninth For two hours. Doolittle's on the mound to get some work. I believe he just gave up a home run. But, you know, it didn't hurt me because they were well, up 13 runs. So uh, I'm checking them out now, trying to check out if this is, if this is mechanics or or uh, something that's off why he's giving up so many home runs. But you know, they got a 16-4 lead with two outs in the bottom of the night. So this should be a curly W in the book. Instead put the Nats at five and seven, we'll definitely break down this game and the rest of the games that we already talked about next week on the show. Um if we're good. That's pretty much about it. Great to shut it down. And y'all make sure y'all check us out, Sports O T H P through Radio Network. Beats by CP three DC sports without the politics. not just a catchphrase, it's not just a motto, it's what we do. And I hope